Hello, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. My name is Patch, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on Etheria. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? Uh, pretty good, all things considered. It's been very quiet here. Uh, I mean, for the sake of the listeners, when this episode goes out in, like, what, a week and a half, or I guess close to two, two weeks, weeks, based on the yeah, yeah. Based on the <laughs> schedule, uh, we're recording this on the, the other bad colonizer holiday in America, which neither of us care about, because... One of us doesn't live in America, and the other one just does not give a fuck. So, yeah, <laughs> been pretty uneventful. Nobody's been around the apartment, so I've had a nice, quiet day. Got, I've got a nice little coffee here. Just a, I, I, usually, I don't drink coffee much in the evening, but for some reason, I'm like, I wouldn't say like sleepy or anything. I mean, I, I slept for ten hours just because I was like, fuck it, it's the holiday. I'm not setting my alarm, <laughs> so got up. At, <laughs> so, so I was like eleven o'clock, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Probably should actually get up and eat something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because it's been, just felt like it's been like a slow, lazy day. I guess it just makes you feel a bit sleepy at times. So that's why I have coffee at the moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I watched, uh, I finished watching season three of Dragon Prince and then basically watched all of season four in the last like two days, more or less. <laughs> so I'm not current with that. <laughs> How do you uh, feel about that? Uh, I definitely do like the direction it's going in. Like, I, I feel like if they, like, lingered too much on the we gotta get Sim to his mom thing, I feel like that would be a bit too much. Like, them, that being the focus of, like, th- the first three books, I feel like, is a good length for that. And now it's like, okay, well, now it's just more Viren and Claudia shit because they're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I, I, man, like, I don't have a problem with that. It's being the thing of like, yep, we gotta go stop those dicks because they're dicks. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's gonna be weird if it's like, if they still take like something like two years between seasons or books, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just like with, uh, well, I guess it was like three between season three and four because of the pandemic and all. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I just kind of meant, like, I didn't really like this new, most recent season. It, it Compared to the other ones, I feel like it runs into a lot of walls. Uh, I mean, the whole Rayla left two years ago plot being the first four episodes is just interminable for a nine-episode yeah, series, it, you know? it kind of stays that way even until, like, the last episode, more or less, when they actually hug and stuff. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it starts exactly. it starts to get better with them being a little embarrassed around each other and, like, not being, well, I guess in the, not even so much then, more just, like, Callum being a little, I wouldn't say a like, hostile, but, like, definitely a, like, a little standoffish and all, but it's, like, mm-hmm. he, he kind of drops that quick, like, early enough, at least, but, like, it kind of does persist throughout, and it's, like, uh, <laughs> Callum, why would you be weird, like, why would you still be a bit of a... Like, not, not even the jerk, but, like, why would you still be like this around your elf girlfriend that you like? <laughs> like, yeah, she, she left for a decent reason, which is making sure that the, the, the dickhead was dead and absolutely, like, 100% dead because you didn't see a body. So it's like, yeah, you gotta do that. You don't, follow, you don't, you don't put your faith in the Disney death. You gotta see a corpse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel like in the last few seasons, they accomplished like so much over the course of their nine episodes. And in this one, they go to visit one guy at the end. Yeah, well, I mean, like the first three or so is about uh, Zim and his mom going to visit Catalas uh, and all. And then it becomes like, oh, shit, they took the staff. We got to We got to figure this shit out. <laughs> so it's like at least like the first third of it isn't as focused on 
like you know chasing after cloud again and everything but, but like i guess yeah. Uh, I do like the redesigns, except for the fact that I kind of don't like redesigned Zim. He's, he's too weird. <laughs> I liked little baby Zim, which I get he couldn't just be that all the time because he's like that, that was when he was literally like a few weeks old, basically by the time that season three ended. But it's like he looks weird as like a three-year-old little dragon. <laughs> he could have stayed small. He's a dragon. They take hundreds of years to grow up. Yeah. They, like... <laughs> like I mean, like it makes sense why he still can't like speak English, presumably, because, I mean, all the other dragons do, because he's still technically a baby, I guess. But he just, he just looks so weird. Just this, like, like strange, like, dog-sized dragon. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it surely yeah. is. But yeah, you weren't joking about the fact that I gave everyone bisexual hair in this season. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's really over the top. Everyone's got it. E even even I would say in a sense like Zim's like weird like he's got like kinda like the link Breath of the Wild link hair with like the the two bits on the sides of his face dangling down. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, it's like okay, yeah, that's that's still like very like kind of bisexual energy hair. It's like like I mean Breath of the Wild Link definitely looks like he uh isn't as masculine as some other links have been. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm at least, like, glad that I got back into it. It's it's still probably not, like, my favorite favorite show or anything. It's, it's like, it's like it's a solid, like, B, I would say, in terms of, like, quality. Where it's like, yeah, okay, it's at least, like, probably not gonna, like, uh, surpass, like, you know, the show obviously has inspiration of, of Avatar and Korra, just because, like, I like those overall, even though, like, half of Korra is bad. <laughs> like, actively bad. <laughs> but, but that was also kind of because they were, like, not really sure how to make uh, Korra become, like, a full four-season-long thing, because it was originally it was only it was supposed to be, like, ten episodes before Nickelodeon said, nope, do more. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh... I like it. I, I could kind of do without some of the jokes they did in season four, like the flossing that characters did early on, where it's like, I, I don't need this mm -hmm. in this show. <laughs> I get that again. They're going for like that kind of like early, like like Last Airbender kind of humor, because it's like that was also yeah. a good show, but it's like, I don't, I don't need to see Soren floss. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. I don't know. I, I wish I liked it more, I guess, is my overall feeling about the show. I, I couldn't tell you a specific thing that I want to change about it, but there's gay people here, and I love that there's um, deaf representation, folks who use sign language, but... Yeah, like, Avaya's been in since season one, and she's been great throughout. <laughs> exactly. But for some reason, it just doesn't hit, and I don't know why. <laughs> I wonder if it's just because it's, like, a little too similar to Avatar, in a sense. Just because, like, I mean, like, they straight up do call their seasons books and all. And, like, name it after, like, the theme of it, like, how book one was moon. Just because it was dealing well, with, like, the moon. I mean, I guess. I don't know. There were no lesbian elves in Avatar, is the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that was Nickelodeon, basically. Like, I mean, they wouldn't even they wouldn't even let Korra and Asami be openly bi and just had to basically just barely allude to it in the season finale of that show, or series finale, yeah. even though by that point they had also made it be just streaming only because they were pissed that some episodes in season three leaked in Spanish ahead of time, so they were like, we're not going to air this anymore, watch it through the site instead. 
It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, fuck you too, I guess, Nickelodeon. <laughs> like, at least they seem like they've gotten somewhat better with, like, uh, like that Rugrats reboot with uh, Phil and Lil's mom being, like, a single mom who's bisexual and so on. But, like, <laughs> not not back in, like, uh, what, like, almost got it, like, a decade ago when Cora finished or so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's... Listen, it's been some time and people are learning. <laughs> yeah. There's that. Yeah, no. Uh I mean there's like one other big thing I think from the last week that we both have done, but if was there anything else that you wanted to bring up before we <laughs> inevitably talked about the Pokemon? <laughs> what, just the one? <laughs> uh, um yeah, I don't know. Got some library work in today. Finally finished the collection audit so I can start the next part of the project. Uh, it's only been like two months that I've been trying to get that done, but it's mm-hmm. done. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I got. Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, Pokemon. <laughs> uh, I really hope they patch it sometime soon because, uh, oh boy. <laughs> Like, I don't know if, like, the biggest thing that I have a problem with is the frame rate, but that's what Pokemon has kind of been for a while now, since, like, 2016, when Sun and Moon didn't even run well on a 3DS. So, like, I don't know if they can ever really, like, shore up on the, like, frame rate of Scarlet and Violet and all, but, like, you kind of feel like they have to, like, be like, we need to work at least on these bugs, because, oh boy, <laughs> some, some of these bugs are just uh, kind of nuts that this... Was what was accepted as like, yep, this is uh, this is shippable. <laughs> I have to be completely honest. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have some frame rate issues, but that's it. I, I mean, it's like characters like popping in and out of existence. Like, it's them also walking at like single frames, even when they're pretty close to where you are. Like, you know, they, they they basically, like, just have, like, every character besides, like, the ones, like, immediately right near you have, like, next to almost no frame rate in terms of movement and stuff, even Pokemon. Uh, it's, it's stuff like, uh, all the glitch compilations of people falling out of the world or being able to, like, ride on top of the, like, the olive ball thing from the first gym trial if you're, like, jump on top of it on the dragon because <laughs> it just re- freaks out and doesn't know how to react and starts just lifting you up into the air. There's, I mean, it's just, there's a lot of stuff like that, and it's like, you just wish that, like, they would actually let them take the time they need to make these games rather than being like, nope, Pokemon every year, every time, like, every new generation is now every three years, so you gotta, you gotta do what you can, and it's like, let just let them have time to actually work on this stuff. Well, I don't know, honestly, I mean... Like, I don't know if I'm just the luckiest person alive, or if y'all are breaking the game somehow, but I put a good 50 hours into it, and I've not seen anything but frame rate issues. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played nearly that much, just because, like, I've had other stuff going on and all, but, like, it, I don't know. It's like that bit when, like, you're first introduced in, like, the school in your classroom, where you see, like, those kids just, like, moving at, like, single-digit frames and all, and, like, I definitely have noticed, like, they're, like, papers on their desk disappear if you could like walk like a little bit away from them like in the school itself a bunch of kids just like just not there and then pop into existence and then pop back out even if you don't walk away it's it's just like this is like kind of like clearly like the the game that they have had the most trouble trying to make 
in a sense. Like, I, like I know, like, Legends Arceus had, like, some little issues like this, but generally not that much, just because he didn't have, like, as many, like, NPCs out and about in, like, the... Well, not open world for that, but, like, the big environments and all, because it was really just Pokemon out there. Yeah, it's, uh... You know, again, I would wish that they get the time they actually need and want to make these games the way that they envision them, but I don't think Nintendo's ever going to let them really because they're like, nope, you got to do this every so often. Just suffer. Do the best you can. We'll fix it later, maybe. <laughs> but, like, I mean, like, aside from that, it's, like, at least, like, you know, the actual game itself, like, playing it is pretty good, and, like, Everybody likes the the silly sandwich obsessed dragons, because <laughs> it's it's so funny how like you know like cause they've done like a lot of this more stuff recently of like trying to make like the legendary like more of like a constant like character in like the whole story like Nebby especially yeah where Nebby's just hanging around the entire time and like uh I guess not so much the dogs in last generation but like they're in, they're at least introduced early on when like you find them in like that misty forest and everything. And like you're yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's weird though because they don't look like the form on the box. So if you haven't looked into it, you don't know what the heck that is. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> it still looks close enough that you're like, oh, that's the legendary. But like, they at least show up early enough. You're like constantly investigating about stuff that ends up being about them, and then they show up to help fight Eternatus and everything, and then are in like the post game. So at least like there you show up a lot. But it's just very funny how like this dragon shows up in like the first like half hour. And it's just, like, kind of just a goofball that nobody's like, oh, geez, this fucking thing. You take care of it instead. This fucking stupid thing. <laughs> Give it sandwiches, I guess. Yeah, I did not like Arvin because of this. Uh, yeah, like, I know people say that they don't like Arvin at first, but then, like, his, apparently his story is actually pretty good. He is theoretically a good boy, but uh, he's definitely not a good boy at the beginning. He's just a jerk. <laughs> yeah, like even like early on when he's like trying to even contribute, they look for the titans and everything for the urban mystica and whatnot. That like he's kind of like, you know, you you don't have to help, but if you want, you just uh, fuck you and the Mona, I guess. Uh, help me out, I guess. Like he he's like, yeah, it's like uh, he definitely does come across as a bit of an ass at first, but like. I think his story is going in like a certain direction because like feels like he's not so subtly making allusions to his parent which is the like the professor because like i, assu yeah, I, assu I, I assume admit, Turo, i'm very I curious about how that story goes yeah. in scarlet yeah because like i'm assuming like Turo is his dad in violet because like he's basically like alluded to like oh well, no it's not even alluded to like uh Nimona says that he's like the son of professor uh, sada in scarlet yeah yeah yeah. Um, I guess mild spoilers, but we're going to do that anyway. So mm -hmm. yes, he is definitely Turo's son in this version. Yeah. Which does vaguely imply that Turo and Sada are a thing, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not so sure about that. I just don't I just don't feel like that like Sada and Turo exist in the other version at all. Like maybe they just don't mention like who their other spouse is much. I don't think that like... I don't think just necessarily because they're version exclusive professors that that means that they are like both like related and like are both of Arvin's parents or something. Well, I mean, the issue is not because they're version exclusive professors. It's because if they are both Arvin's parents, then <laughs> you see what I'm getting at here. Mm, maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm missing something. Well, if 
Sada is Arvin's mother, mm-hmm. and if Turo is Arvin's father, then that kind of implies that there's a relationship there. Well, I guess, but also I think it's just a case of like, I think it's just because of the writing and everything with the different legendaries. I, I just think that Sada doesn't exist in Violet and Turo doesn't exist at all in Scarlet. It might just be a case of like, uh, like DuckTales 2017 never bothered to mention who the triplet's dad is, even though we know that their mom is, uh, shit, why am I drawing a blank on their mom's name now? Fuck. Uh, <laughs> Della. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, they just never mention it because it's like, eh, it doesn't matter. I mean, I see what you're getting at, but, like, I feel like that's a completely different situation. We don't have anybody in DuckTales showing up going, hi, I'm Duke, I'm the dad. I'm not related <laughs> to Della in any way whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Maybe they'll introduce the two of them in the DLC or something, because, you know, people already did mind that there's DLC, and also it wasn't a big surprise that they would do DLC again, considering last generation yeah <laughs> i hope it's better though like not trying to be a jerk about this but i really did not like the sword shield dlcs that was so nothing yeah i, I didn't end up getting them just because i didn't like sword and shield much but yeah like from what i heard people were like well they're useful for like getting more pokemon added into the pokedex and all and some new, like, uh, Dynamax versions, like the Ivysaur, uh, uh, Venusaur and Blastoise and all. But yeah, the story in them apparently is kind of not much. Which is, is not, <laughs> There's not a story. Not surprising, considering that there really isn't a story in Scar- uh, Sword and Shield regardless anyway. <laughs> I mean, that, the, there's, like, constantly things where it's like, wow, that was crazy that happened in the background. Uh, pity you didn't get to see that at all. Anyway, ignore that. Just continue your gym challenge. <laughs> That's, that's the story <laughs> of Sword and Shield. Until, oh, the business magnet guy wants to usher in the dark day for Gettler's future, of course. Which, I, I like the tweet that I saw of people being like, I apologize to Pokemon Sword and Shield for thinking that this was the fucking stupidest shit when we've been dealing with all this stuff with Twitter recently. And it's like, yes, the stupid fucking expense like the super the super fucking like rich billionaire would definitely usher in the end times just because he thought that they would make him like the hero and the best boy <laughs> it's like yeah not not at all uh unsurprising there actually yeah that's <laughs> friggin rose yep Hey, I mean, uh, co- co- contrary to what we said in the last episode, tw- Twitter is still alive at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. somehow managed to live the last week. Well, I think we've been saying that for like two weeks now. Uh, so. Yeah, but it's like, hey, if we keep saying it, eventually we'll be right, right? <laughs> I don't think it even died during the World Cup, which is kind of a shock. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've seen that people have had like some issues with it being out, but I haven't noticed that myself necessarily. Like, not that the World Cup is over, but, you know, the big opening ceremony. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe it will die, like, over, like, the uh, the December holidays and whatnot. Although, I guess, like, I mean, it's also surprising it wouldn't have died today, considering, like, the, like, between the Macy's Day Parade and also, like, all the football stuff that happens on this day. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess, I don't know, you would think. Mm-hmm. It... Yeah, I don't know. Still up as of this moment. But again, like, this episode goes up in, like, two weeks. Could change. We don't know. <laughs> for, all well, for all we know, it could be die tomorrow. 
I have complicated feelings about the World Cup because normally I would watch it, but this year it's in Qatar and they built a stadium literally on the backs of slave labor yep. that died mm-hmm. doing it, and I super don't want to support yep. that, you know? They, they sure did do that. <laughs> so yeah, it's like... Didn't they, I would like to watch the good soccer, but... Didn't, uh, didn't Qatar also have like an official like World Cup, like... Like basically, like con or like party or something like that. BP people were like comparing to uh, TwitchCon or whatever, or not TwitchCon. The uh, the one with the ball pit. <laughs> uh, not that I remember, but I thought I saw something when... about like how there was like no like it was like in that like a uh, camp or whatever it was where it's like you can't actually like purchase water unless you have a water purchasing like bracelet on your <laughs> that you had paid for or whatever. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. What I do know is that uh, they didn't tell anybody until like three days before it started that they weren't going to be allowed to sell alcohol. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah just a uh, real, really bilked a lot of people out of their money there. Yep. And like, not to praise big companies, but I love that Budweiser is now donating all the beer that they sent for the... Uh, the, 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 the competition to the winning team because that's at least something, huh? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. It's better, better than just selling it like normal, I suppose. The real question, I guess, how much beer do you think Budweiser made to sell at the World Cup? <laughs> because that seems like more than 22 people could drink. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, if it's all the beer for all of the World Cup, like, like uh-huh. all the people that would attend, it's like, that's gotta be, like, uh, like what, like fucking like millions of gallons of beer, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a lot. I would expect. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know how we diverted away from Pokemon, but Pokemon though, ghosts. Pokemon. I love them. There's so many good new ghosts. It's, like, there's really not like a bad design for a new Pokemon in Gen Nine. Like, they're all kind of bangers. <laughs> Like even like right. even like the silly mouse, it's just a mouse. It's just funny because it's just multiple mice that then become even more mice. <laughs> yeah, but that's good though. Yeah, I would like, argue and also, that and also, like, the is name, not good. Yeah, and like also the name being Tandem Mouse and Mouse Hold, which is good puns. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, somebody had fun with that. Just being like people like the Pokemon that are just funny little guys. <laughs> Let's have fun with this and just design a mouse, but make it be four mice in the end. <laughs> and also they're genderless I mean, so they're not yeah. binary mice <laughs> this is true and you are correct but uh i would not say that all of them win because golden go is terrible <laughs> uh tr- tr- well, i think it's i think it's supposed to be pronounced goldie like golden ego or Golnego, something like that like because it, it's like it's like golden plus ego right no it's golden go <laughs> is it golden go Hang on. Yep. I'm looking this up now. Uh, I don't know why I must have typed something in the wrong because I don't know why. Yeah, put it in the spam chat. Yeah, no, it, it is like Goldengo, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, yeah. I guess I read that wrong the first time I saw it and thought it was like a mixture of like, like ghoul, gold, and ego. 
Because, like, you have to find the thousand nope. fucking coins of all that fucker. <laughs> uh, no, it's just Golden Ghost, but shorter. Okay. <laughs> and they move to H. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's... Sounds like a nightmare. And meanwhile, I also think that that Pokemon is, like, one of the better, like, Pokemon in terms of its ability and stuff. It's It's got some pretty crazy stats. <laughs> and it... Well, I mean, the thing is, is that it's Pokemon number 1000, so it had to be special. And that means collecting 999 coins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of ghosts there, so you're feasting. <laughs> yeah, a, uh, three totally new Pokemon in my party right now, and probably four once I find enough of those stupid coins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, again, it's like one of those weird cases because it's like, you know, a lot of people seem like they're having fun with the games in spite of the uh, kind of shortcomings with the... Uh, you know, glitches and the uh, frame rate and all. But yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if they actually like can fix any of that stuff and like what they actually do in the future in terms of, like the DLC and stuff. Because <laughs> I mean, like, there's there's bound to be like a lot of Pokemon that you could think of that would like be a fucking nightmare with a different terror type. Like, I mean, introduced it early on with the third gym with the Miss Magius that turns into Electric and it's like, oh fuck, this thing has levitate. Okay, yeah. this, this is like the first example of how fucking terrifying, uh, like, tearing into a certain type could be. Yeah, I mean, that gem wrecked me because of a different thing, but the problem is is that, that Miss Magius still has all its ghost-type attacks, and is not weak to ghost-type attacks, which is not normal, so... Yeah. But the, the, well, I think it also only has, like, Hex, Charge Beam, and, like, some other move, because, like... A problem that I kind of have with Pokemon over the last few generations is a lot of Pokemon, especially in, like, even, like, late game, like, Elite Four and, like, uh, Champion and stuff like that and the Rival, the Pokemon don't even have a full moveset of four moves in a lot of cases. It's like, I, I, mean, I, I yeah, I, I, I don't know about that at all. I just know that when you use a ghost team, the game starts out incredibly hard and then gets dramatically easier as you go along. Well, yeah, I mean, because like early on, a lot of like early game Pokemon learn stuff like bite. Yeah, bite is the big yeah. one. And uh... hey, at least you're not dealing with pursuit anymore, aka the bane of every fucking Nuzlocker. <laughs> <laughs> just like god like back in like uh gen 4 and gen 6 in particular every fucking thing loves pursuit <laughs> also gen 7 a lot of sun and moon pokemon have pursuit it's like it's fucking insane how many do <laughs> it's like yep you're playing the nuzlocke in any of those generations you're gonna lose something to pursuit it's just gonna happen you just gotta accept it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I like i said uh, i think last week i was originally starting playing that but like over time i just was like i don't think that this really works out with like the world design like it, it, it at least worked better in gen 8 because like the wild area had like more divisions and like named areas in it but like yeah. the the paldea map it's like there's very small selection it's like i think i think i did the math and there's maybe like 20 encounters if you did that if you still went by each zone like you know like uh like south province area one counting as one encounter and like all those cause like <laughs> it's like because there's like six areas in the south like three or four in the east and west and i think only like two in the north it's like it's a very small amount of encounters compared to most of the games where there's like at least like some like mid 20 in terms of like routes and then like you have like a bunch of like caves and like other like water areas and stuff like that 
Yeah. Because, like, I don't think any of the caves in this game actually have names. They're just part of the, like, the area, whatever. Just the terrain, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of just rough. And also, like, I, I feel like also, like, a lot of the uh, stuff, like, the Titan Pokemon and the Team Star encounters are just, like, these are not the kind that you can really, like, try to, like, get through without any healing. <laughs> like, <they're, laughs> like, I mean, especially because, like, you can also go in different order, and it's, like, Definitely want some people accidentally, like, go and deal with uh, the fire Team Star member when, like, most people recommend that you be number, like, you be second out of the five of them. Because, <laughs> like, the uh, the dark one has lower levels. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. If you take on a Team Star raid, Clive is there. He'll heal your Pokemon for you. It's fine. Yeah, but not during the fight. And, like, each of those guys, I think, like, has at least three Pokemon, including the car. <laughs> The, I'm very mad that they made that car called a Pokemon. I want one, and you can't catch it. Well, you can get the you can get Re uh, Reverum, but it's Steel Poison all the time. You can't get it like the other types that they have. I don't care about the other types. I want the car. Oh, you, you just want the Starmobile version of it. I see. Exactly. Yes. It... I want to go wandering around and see cars running wild across the plains. <laughs> Ah, as nature intended. <laughs> Wild cars roaming all of Paldea. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, Magnemite, right? You get enough rev of rooms and they merge true. together yeah. and... They just become more guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, really weird type combos in this gen that there haven't been before. Like... <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I mean, you, you finally got a grass fire type, which I know people, I remember people joking, like, way back since, like, Diamond and Pearl, of like, oh, it can just be, like, the burning bush from the Bible, and meanwhile, it's just, like, a pepper. <laughs> which is <laughs> doubly funny with the fact that everybody thought that, uh, Foy Coco was gonna be the pepper, because he looks like a pepper. He is! But he doesn't become a pepper. <laughs> He's a ghost pepper. He quickly abandons the ghost pepper idea, just to become, like, a, like, uh, Dia de los Muertos kind of crocodile, I guess. <laughs> He's got a little bird friend. He does have a little bird friend, yeah. Like a lot of like croc uh, alligators and crocodiles in the wild have like a little bird to like deal with like parasites <laughs> on them and stuff, or just perch on them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's it's just amusing that it's like yeah, you probably get that, and it's the pepper when we thought the starter was gonna be the pepper and to be the like the full ghost pepper, and then no, actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I do like the, the Ice Godzilla, uh, Bexcalibur. That's that's just a good name, and also it's a deep It's like, it's like it's weird because it's like it seems like it's like kind of like a pretty like. I don't want to say like basic design, but it still looks neat. For the Bexcalibur, <laughs> but like Dragon Ice, I guess. Well, I guess Dragon Ice existed before with uh, Kieran beforehand, but like that was a legendary compared to Cedo. Yeah, see, I don't even know what that thing is. I just know that I've seen it a couple places in battles and killed it because it was really weak to whatever I was throwing at it, uh, which was probably Fire Blast because I bleed with Skeletor. Uh, so. Well, you wouldn't be able to because it has a thermal exchange, which makes it not take damage from fire removes. Well, like, then it wasn't that. Yeah, it gets, it gets an attack stat when it's hit by fire and it can't be burned. So it's, it's basically like the, like the water absorb stuff, where it, but instead of healing, <laughs> it just gives you a stat boost and means it can't be affected by Will-O-Wisps. I will say, uh, I feel like, and this is just for me, I guess, Skeledurge kind of lets everybody down with its Pokedex entry, because there's no reason for it to be a ghost, as per the entry. <laughs> like, all the ghosts usually talk about whatever spooky thing they do or this, and 
the justification for Skeleturge being a ghost is that its singing is so good it soothes the souls of all who hear it, and that's close enough to ghost type for them, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, you think back to even like uh, Decidueye isn't like necessarily a ghost; it's a stealth archer. That's why it's you know got ghost typing. I, I mean, that's not I that's mean, not a dead bird. <laughs> I mean, it definitely is. Well, in terms of typing, yes, but I I think it's more that they're aiming for stealth archer. That's why he's a ghost because he's like supposed to be stealthy. I guess I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's very much the same situation. The the the, the dex entries for Decidua just talk about how fast it can shoot you. Yeah. There's no <laughs> discussion of spookiness. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, nah, just just a lot of like pretty good uh, Pokemon designs. I, I I do like that everybody seems to just have gravitated to having Tinkaton in their party, just because it's like it's a funny little guy. It's like a little like it's a little artificial. It's like basically just an artificial gnome with a big hammer. You know, that's like one of only two designs that didn't hit for me. So I, I think it's more the. The typing, if anything, because like I mean, all the, like the fairy steel Pokemon so far have had kind of been more gimmicky Pokemon. Like Mawile was always kind of junk until it got a Mega, which then immediately got banned in like professional settings because it was just too good. And like mm -hmm. the, the other one you had was like uh, Klefki, which is really just because of like prankster and stuff. But I think it's just that people like it because it's like, oh, we actually have like a fairy steel type that's actually pretty good in terms of like just being able to kill things and also having a giant hammer. Like, I've definitely seen multiple people having named theirs after Senna from Xenoblade 3 because Big Hammer and Little Girl. <laughs> Actually, scratch that. Three designs that don't hit for me. But overall, but, not yeah, bad. Yeah, I guess because it's a three-tier evolution. Uh, but, oh, yeah, because it's got three stages. Oh, no, I just meant, like, family, I guess. Yeah. Cause, yeah, it's... A, I don't know. That Graphii thing is horrible, and I hate it. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's a weird one. The Graphii. That's <laughs> like a. What, however you say that, yeah. I think because it's like graffiti ii is like so. I think it would be like more like Graphii or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Lots. Lots of really good designs. I. I uh, do like Doxbun. I'm a little disappointed that they didn't go with like uh, a funnier name because like. I'm trying to remember what it was, but I know people definitely came up with like a really funny like evolutionary name for Fido when Fido got announced. But Doxbun is pretty good. <laughs> it's just toxins, but that's a pun. And like, uh, I I also just like Toad Sc Toad School's running animation. <laughs> it's like a, a tentacle on land should not be able to run like that, but it just does, and it's very funny to me. <laughs> what what thing I don't get is how come they just like. It seems like that, like, because, uh, like, in the last two generations, they always, like, were basically just, like, oh, this is just, like, a little inform, and, like, they started, like, slowly drifting towards, like, having, like, just, you know, like, they didn't have, like, Galarian uh, Persian, it just became Berserker as, like, a split evolution, but, like, yeah. it seems like it's weird because, like, you have, like, Paldean Wooper, who's just straight up called a Paldean form, but, like, Toad School isn't just, uh, like, Tentacool, just like Paldean Tentacool or anything. Oh yeah, because it's a different Pokemon. It just looks the yeah, same. Yeah, it's like I, I get that it's like the same situation as like Wiglet compared to Diglett, even though it's like so much still the same guy to the point where it's like, I mean, Wugtrio is just Dugtrio with a W, and like Toad School is just <laughs> Tentacool, but with Toad in it instead. 
Is, is it? It's not just Doug Trio with a W. It gets a rock to play with. True, true. It does have a rock that it's all inside, as opposed to just being in the ground. But it's like there, it's I don't know. It's like a weird thing where like, I just remember it being way more like they would just be like, oh, it's just Paldean X or like a or Alone in Galarian X. And meanwhile, it's like it seems like they kind of like split it a bit where it's like something like. Because, like, uh, there's really not even that many that are, like, Paldean whatever, right, in this game? Because it's really just, like, Wooper for the most part, I think. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, it's like, the rest of them are just like, oh, this is just similar enough, but it's technically a different species, even though it's like, well, I, I don't know why, like, the other ones wouldn't necessarily, or, like, I don't know. It's just interesting that they're like, yeah, we'll just do this, and, like, instead of, like, Paldean Quagsire, it has a different evolution. Which for some reason is like at the very end of the Pokedex. <laughs> like for some reason like King Gambit, Cloud Sire, and Annihilate are all there at the bottom. Like well after the legendaries. It's a very strange or organization they have. Is like, Dun Dun Sparse down there with him too? Because that would make sense. It's not. Like like after Really? Because like after because uh, like you have like the uh well, I guess also by this point, this episode will be out like three, like well, I guess almost three weeks since Pokemon release. Yeah, but like you have like the the Paradox Pokemon, then like the the, the forward legendary Dark guys, then the two dragons, then actually you have Tinka Tanks evolutionary line and Charcadets before you get the Toad School King Gambit Cloudsire and an Ally for the last bit. It's weird. It's yeah, it's a weird way to actually like have this all out. Like you would think that they would have either like the dragons or like the the ruinous quartet or just like the paradox pokemon as the last entries but no <laughs> they have these like weird like these few like new pokemon and like a few like uh you know like essentially a regional variant but not and then three different evolutions at the bottom <laughs> it's strange it's it's a weird organization they got there but hey i mean uh as it is cloud sire is close enough to being the very last pokemon in the pokedex and deserves it because cloud sire is great everybody loves cloud sire <laughs> everybody loves one cloudy boy <laughs> yeah no it's uh i feel like there's actually not that much actually for us to say about pokemon it's pokemon like it, it really doesn't like i mean it's been po going for like like uh fuck like almost all my life at this point and most eagers too so it's like pokemon really doesn't change all that much like they just tweak some things if what i saw on twitter today is believed today is the 20 year anniversary of uh emerald sapphire so jeez <laughs> <laughs> uh well it would be ruby and sapphire if it was the 20 year anniversary or, yes ruby end. sapphire that's my like god i remember when those just released and we're still brand new <laughs> Uh, we're old. I think we might be old. <laughs> For like, oh yeah, no, I remember when those games were new. <laughs> I don't. I skipped those ones. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, fair. I mean, like, uh, I kind of like, I, I had like that bit where it's like, you know, you get to your teenagers and you're like, Pokemon's for babies, so like, I didn't play Crystal as a result, but like, as soon as they announced uh, Ruby and Sapphire, I was like, uh, maybe I could just play this and not tell anybody, because <laughs> I mean, like, high, like middle school kids are assholes. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't. I wasn't into the style of it, so yeah. And also, uh, I could not afford it. <laughs> yeah, that's also fair. On account of being a child. Yeah. <laughs> I forget if I had to wait until I must have had to wait until like Christmas or my birthday to get it then. Because, like, I mean, also teenager. I don't know how else I would have gotten it. 
Yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's Pokemon, all right. Yep. I still I still find it very funny that uh, people were always saying like no please don't make the cat stand up and actually it turns out people are actually kind of into the cat standing up this time. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean like I feel like people liked Incineroar in the end especially with Incineroar being in Smash but like I feel like for the most part people are not that into the fact that Lin stands up in the end but like I, I definitely saw a bunch a bunch a uh, number of people be like oh no it stood up as soon as it evolved into Florigato but then seeing when it has like that like trick yo-yo and everything they're like oh actually this cat's kind of sick <laughs> this cat's got an attitude <laughs> <laughs> and also yeah. like i mean uh Sprigatito gets one of the best well i guess it's slightly one of the best abilities in the game now since they nerfed uh protein and uh uh god i always forget the other one uh libero the, the, the two that basically change your type to match the attack you're using because like it only happens like the first time they're sent in battle now compared to every time that they're actually using attack from Gen 8 and beyond. So yeah, at least they, at least that got nerfed, but it's like, it still makes them, like, pretty good, because, like, they get stab on anything, basically. They just have to switch out often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's tricky to deal with, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah like, like you said earlier, it's like, I just, I find it just so funny that people finally got the Dunsparce evolution, and it's just, it's bigger, it's got more segments. <laughs> It's just, it's just that guy, but just larger now. It's just, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not super into it, but I guess I couldn't have expected anything else. It's yeah, like, like, what else can you do with Dunsparce? You can't improve upon perfection besides make it larger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um... Also, I like I like the silly dolphin. <laughs> I like how when everybody finally figured out how to make it evolve, they're like, "Wait, what? It just has a heart on it? What?" And then they actually learn that it's like the whole thing where it has to like switch out in battle to activate its like hero form, which gets fucking busted stats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like in its, in its zero form, it has the base attack of seventy, and its hero form it has a base attack of one sixty. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> also, the fact that it's just called Palafin. It's a joke on Paladin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of the classes they never covered during the starter run, so... Oh, no, because, uh, uh, no, uh, Quilladin. Like, the second form of, uh, Chespin. That's a, that's a Paladin. That doesn't count. It's a second form. Well, I mean, like, just not. I guess, I guess that sounds kind of more like a fighter. Because, like, they had, like... Not is definitely a fighter. Yeah, because they had, like, the, the fighter, mage, rogue kind of, like, uh, set up to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that fits. I mean, especially because like considering that like chestnut is grass fighting, I guess it being a fighter instead of a paladin makes more sense. <laughs> Although I guess also yeah. like uh, I mean you could argue Gilead is like a paladin. It's got sword storms. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's just weird it took them this long to make a dolphin Pokemon. Like you feel like that's just a gimme, right? But no, it takes them like. Two and a half decades and nine generations to finally make a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just strange. People have been clamoring for a dolphin for so long and thought that that would happen back in Gen 7 when it was literally the Hawaii like region, but no, it took them until Pokemon Spain. Ah, yes, the national animal of Spain, the dolphin. <laughs> yep. Really? Yeah. I will say, I don't like how many Tauros there are. It's hard to tell them apart, and it's bad. Yeah, the Tauros thing is like, there's just like such slight changes to them. It's it's kind of not the greatest. 
Yeah. But hey, at least at least Taros finally got something. I mean, like everybody thought, like back when, like they didn't ask Miltank that there was going to be a pre-evolution for both, and they would just evolve based on gender. But that, for some reason, just did not happen. I mean, their blessings are too different for that, honestly. Eh, like, yeah, they're both vaguely cows, but they're not like the same shape. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> It's just that it also took them this way too long to actually finally do something with Taros. Because Taros was just a neat design, even if it was just a bull. And now they finally decided <laughs> to actually do something with it, and there's just kind of too many Taros now. I don't know, I liked Bufaland. That was cool. That was a good evolution for Taros. Yeah, like, that, that's a weird thing. I guess because like, they wanted it to be like every new Pokemon that wasn't related to any other existing Pokemon and all. That's why they couldn't make it be an evolution, but it's like it seems like it'd be so clearly just the Taros evolution. I know, just wasn't uh, I can't wait for the DLC where we get the reveal of Tauros Tar, which is half Tauros, half Tauros. <laughs> I thought you were going to say half Tauros, half Tyranitar. Because <laughs> you said like Tauros Tar. <laughs> no, it's like a Centaur, but Tauros. Oh. <laughs> so, so is it. Does, uh, does, does Tauros Tar, does it have uh, a bot, like the, the, the front part of a human or the back part of a human? Is it like is it like a bull on a human, like, like uh, waist and legs? Oh, no, no, no. No, it's a bull. And then instead of a head, it's another bull torso coming out of it with a head on that. <laughs> it's a dumb dun sparse situation. Oh, okay. So it's just a long Tauros with six legs instead of four. Well, the, 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 the torso still stands up like a centaur. So. Right, right, but but like yeah, but it's just horrifying because like the the front hooves are just like basically what you would think the hands would be, but it's just still exactly hooves. yes, <laughs> uh, terrifying. <laughs> See, I can do Pokemon. Make me a Pokemon. <laughs> hey, I mean, I still think to this day that Turtwig should have been called Snapling because it's a pun on it being a snapping turtle and also a, a sapling. But no, it's Turtwig instead, <laughs> even though it, that implies it's a, it's a turtle and it's a tortoise. I assure you, I have never once said Chuggernaut's name correctly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Pokemon. Yeah. Be... Do you have any final points on Pokemon? Because we are 45 minutes deep. Uh, no, I don't really think so. It'll be neat when you can get the uh, the Hisuian forums in this game. Because, like, uh, I mean, like, Hisuian Lilligant is just a fucking monster in Legends Arceus, and I feel like it will be even more so online. Although ah. it loses Drain Punch for some fucking reason, even though Drain Punch is a TM. It had Drain Punch in Legends Arceus, now it doesn't. That's a bummer. <laughs> it would have fit so well on my idea for my, like, uh, like Sunny Day team that uses Roaring Moon and all, because it's like I have, like, a, I'm gonna have a Sawsbuck on there basically doing the same thing, but it would make more se much more sense if I could put in the fucking Hissuian Lil again, but she doesn't learn Drain Punch anymore. <laughs> it's a bummer. But hey, at least at least you'll get another ghost uh, or added into that, or actually two, I guess, because like you'll have Hisuian and Typhlosion and Hisuian and Zoroark, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the hope. Yeah, because like uh, I think those were the only two Hisuian ghosts. Oh wait, no, also Basket that's... Legion. Yeah, because that was also a ghost. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that guy. I guess because some reason like I always think Basket Legion would be water dark, but then I remember its Pokedex entry is like it's like channeling the spirits of other dead Basculin <laughs> to just get pissed. <laughs> Yeah, I feel sorry for Basculegion, because it's just like, all it wants to do is live its life, but all these other ghosts yeah. keep bothering it. And then also it's like, oh, Basculin finally actually got something that signifies it from other fish, because it was just a fish for so long, and now it's just, oh, it's just an undead fish that's just pissed at all the other people that it lost. 
Great, cool. <laughs> Thanks, Pokedex. <laughs> Not even a dead fish, just one that's bothered by all its ancestors. Yeah, just, just suffering under the weight of its like spirits of its uh, dead relatives. I have been there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of the weight of the spirits of our dead relatives, <laughs> I don't know how that relates to these episodes. <laughs> Did I mention uh, like uh, Angela or anything in this news? So I don't know. I don't know how that relates. <laughs> but yeah, it was like the said, best thing like, I could come up like with. Like you said, it's um, it's almost fifty minutes, and we should probably get to the episodes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, <sighs> so, my episode today... <sighs> I'm sorry, I can't... <laughs> okay. Season 5, episode 4, Stranded. We open exactly where we were in the last episode, uh, in the cargo bay of Darla the ship, with Glimmer just being cradled by Bo who basically immediately drops her and walks away. Yeah, just like <laughs> full on like, hey, I'm glad she's not dead, but also I don't forget that she did a genocide blat. <laughs> just drop on the floor. Not, yeah. Because not only does he walk away, he starts playing with his iPad. It, this is, he's got some feelings here. <laughs> yep. Which I mean, hey, fair. You should be pissed at her still, Bo, because the last time you saw her, she definitely told you that she wanted to do a genocide and that you shouldn't get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she recaps Catra's whole send-off thing from last step, and then she starts the process of trying to apologize for going all apocalyptic, but the ship shudders when it's hit by a classic banger. Uh, Bo goes off to check on Entrapta, giving Glimmer the space she needs to apologize to Adora for real, talking about all the things she said and did, and just how awful she was before they were separated, and they have a little hug and a cry, and it starts to be real cute. But just as they start to talk about how much they missed each other, they're hit with another banger. And so they call up to the bridge to figure out what's up. Uh, basically, what has happened is that they've burned out all their dilithium crystals and need to stop off at the nearest starbase to refuel. <laughs> but <laughs> and, uh, all they have to do is just navigate through this perfectly normal asteroid field to land on a planet to get some. Because uh, there's no star bases nearby is the problem. <laughs> and that's what the bangers are. The ship keeps getting hit by asteroids, so... <laughs> yeah, surely this will not be a problem. They are certainly equipped to mine raw dilithium. <laughs> but uh, after the credits, we cut down to Etheria, and Scorpia is bidding everyone goodnight and encouraging them all. With just a good night's sleep, they can beat Prime for sure, because, like, you can do everything when you're well-rested. I wouldn't know. I've never been well rested in my life. I speak for um, yourself. I, like I said, I slept for ten hours today. <laughs> I felt great when I got up. Well, why don't you beat Prime then? <laughs> well, no, because Prime is a fascist, and I don't want to do that. You don't want to beat the fascist? No, I don't want to beat the fascist. I want to beat the fascist. With like, a oh yeah, why pen. don't you beat Prime then? Because I don't want to be like the Ur fascist. I feel like if you beat Prime and you're, I feel like I feel like you if you're are... just a person trying to beat Prime, and if you do, I feel like it's like it's like a Davy Jones situation. You're part of the ship, part of the crew, and you become the new Prime, right? I don't think that's how that works. Considering he says that he has like basically a hive mind where he uploads his consciousness to their bodies, I feel like that's how they would the other clones would force it to work. 
Like if you beat <laughs> Prime's body, they would strap you down and make you have Prime uploaded into your brain as the new host or something. Listen, it's just a multi-stage boss fight. You have to beat him with 167 consecutive health bars. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have a set amount of time before he goes into his enraged form and he just wiped out everybody. You gotta make sure your DPS is up before then. <laughs> everybody get out your yeah. everybody get out your galler horns. This is the time you need to DPS it down. <laughs> yeah, Destiny joke for to whoever on the listening to this podcast probably actually likes Destiny. I don't know if I, I honestly don't know anybody that actually likes Destiny. I know some people play it, but I don't think most people that I know that play it actually are like, oh yeah, Destiny's good. <laughs> more like right, they're like yeah. more like out of obligation, like, well, I gotta keep up for this for whenever they reach the next DLC, and maybe they'll fix all the problems again in it. <laughs> yeah, that's. I can't say I've ever played Destiny, but that tracks with everything I've ever heard yeah, about I it. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I mentioned on the podcast once before, too, where it's like, yeah, that's how basically just the Destiny loop, where it's like, they release the game, it's like, okay, they release the first DLC, it's like, kind of not great, they release another DLC, and it's like, hey, they're fixing problems, and then they release another DLC, and they introduce those problems again, where it's like, oh, why'd you break this stuff again? It's like, well, time to wait <laughs> another year for them to fix it with the next DLC. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so there's like a little time jump and everybody has gone to bed but swifty is still up just uh begging someone to pick up as if he were talking on a phone despite not having phone technology and not knowing that terminology <laughs> but uh scorpio pops up suddenly and he lies about being watch which honestly like they don't have a watch you're fighting aliens you yeah. need that yeah, like you know they love to just tractor beam people out of their beds. It's the number one thing aliens do. Like, like uh, Scorpio at least like asking about like why he's been the watch like day after day after day makes sense. But like the fact that they don't have anybody else besides the horse to like keep an <laughs> eye out when people are sleeping is like the most big yeah. oversight with these people. This is why the rebellion <laughs> still has been just bad at this stuff for like thirty years. Yeah. But Scorpia does a really neat thing here. She she basically just plays along with his lie. Like, she clearly knows he's lying and doesn't confront him about it, just sort of asks questions about that lie that steers the convo in a way that gets her some more info. This is, like, perfectly masterful, and it's, like, she is the sorcerer who is also the party face from this interaction. Yeah, That's I mean, hey, you, you gotta get maxed up that charisma as soon as possible. It makes sense here with that persuasion. I think it's like, yeah, absolutely. I think per persuasion might be on the sorcerer skill list. Probably. I think it is. Our, our sorcerer definitely had persuasion, but I don't... <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to remember, because like, they had sailor as their background, so they had acrobatics from that. And uh, yeah, persuasion is on there. Yeah, for yeah, because they had insight and persuasion from sorcerer. Well, I don't remember what the other thing was from sailor then. <laughs> Uh, proficiency uh, aquatic vehicles. Uh oh, perception is the skill proficiency. Yeah, you do get you get navigators tools and vehicles water, but because they were like a sky sailor, we had them have uh like airships air instead. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, Swifty does admit that he's kind of in the middle of doing something secret, and Scorpio immediately just loses all the subtlety she was doing, like. A moment ago, she was a conversational mastermind, and now she is a hammer hitting <laughs> randomly at a bunch of screws. 
Because uh, hey, why would you the instant be, she knows... Why would, hmm? why would you be hitting screws with a hammer and not nails? <laughs> because it's so unrefined. That's the point I'm trying to make oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> she's not going to accomplish anything like this, but she's doing it. Um, yeah. So she starts just begging to know what the secret is and insisting that she's great at secrets. Like, you know, that one time Kyle told her he had a crush on Rogelio, which uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I've been telling you. But also, it's hardly a secret at this point, since they, you know, are dating and in a polycule and left the horde together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, essentially, what Swifty is trying to do is he's, like, trying to act as a quantum entangled communicator to Adora. <laughs> because he wasn't, like, connected to She-Ra through their sacred bond, so he's hoping he can get through by sending messages to her, even though She-Ra is gone. But he's not getting any, like, connection or replies, and he doesn't know if he's just not sending them right, or if he's aiming at the wrong part of the sky, or if they're not going through at all, and he's pretty freaked out about this. But, uh, Scorpia... Again, no finesse whatsoever, just starts pointing at stars and, you know, starts counting the 13 moons of Etheria because she's not paying attention anymore. <laughs> she has that big ADHD problem. Yep. Um, <laughs> and to be fair, they also didn't really know what, like, moons or stars were as of, like, almost, like, a week ago or so. They didn't so know what the moons were. The <laughs> moons were in Despondos with them. Oh, uh, okay, I forgot that. But, like, the rest of the stuff <laughs> in the night sky they didn't know of. <laughs> Those things like, appeared, honestly, like, two it's... weeks ago at most. <laughs> Yeah, pure luck that they still have moons, because uh, Light Hope absolutely did, did not have to bring those through the portal with them. Yeah, um, yeah so the uh, in space, the best friend squad has landed on this crystal planet that they're supposed to be mining for dilithium. But actually, it's just, like, dead and barren. This is a, a, a death world. But it's got an atmosphere, at least, so that's nice. Um there's no sign of crystals on account of it being a death world, but Entrapta says that they must be here somewhere, and then Glimmer spots a spire in the distance. Uh, Bo basically just cold-faced tells her that this is the first stage of Prime's invasion, and they realize that he must have just killed this planet, like he's doing to Etheria right now, and also it's her fault, so, uh, yeah, bye. it is. <laughs> it is very much her fault. Uh-huh, yep. She gets for I'll be real here. Glimmer gets forgiven by Bo a little too easily at the end of this episode. <laughs> I don't know what makes you say that when Adora has already forgiven her. Also true, but like Bo's also known her way longer, so like her trying to do the genocide laser, I feel like probably upsets Bo more than Adora, because like Adora is just like a dummy lesbian, so she can't stay mad at somebody for long. But Bo, Bo, I mean... Bo should have probably been mad at her for like another episode or two. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, um, so he then picks up a signal on his tracker pad, so I guess he can find dilithium just like he can first one's tech. That's neat. But uh, he says that and then just kind of walks off. Um, and Trapta stays behind to have sex with the ship while the others take yeah, off to find yeah. these crystals. Okay, so I'm glad it's not just me that read and trapped this whole thing of like, I'm going to spend some quality time with the ship as her trying to fuck the ship. <laughs> <laughs> my nose here is like he says and chapter please don't fuck this ship <laughs> oh yeah she's super having sex with that ship <laughs> I, I, I can i i can i i don't think the ship is sentient i mean it's just the it's just the artificial intelligence navigation on the ship can it consent <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know how sentient darla is 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Darla doesn't seem necessarily sentient. She more just, like, just responds to what people say. Because, like, if she was sentient, like, I feel like it'd be a lot easier for them to get her to, like, help them with stuff like how she just shuts down randomly a few episodes ago at multiple times. <laughs> like, I feel like yeah. if Darla was really sentient, she could properly explain what was going on and try to help and trap to, like, fix the problem or whatever compared to just being like, I'm going to sleep now. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so they, uh, everybody but Entrapta heads off to find these crystals, wait, wait, which hey, this- Hey, you hmm? just said everybody but Entrapta gets off when we just discussed Entrapta's fucking the ship. I said heads off, thank you. Oh, okay, <laughs> you said gets off. No, Entrapta <laughs> is the only they, one getting off. They did also get off the ship. <laughs> so ah, that's true. Entrapta's getting the ship off in a different way, but everybody else got off the ship, at <laughs> least. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I mean, yeah, j- um, just like the last episode that went live, you mentioned how I didn't want to call it getting a horde off, but like, <laughs> here we are again. Yeah, we sure are. Just, just like um, we established, it's all masturbation in the end. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is where we learn that the crystal they're looking for is called Thulite, and initially I was pretty grossed out by this on account of how it seems to be named after the Thule Society. Except, actually, it turns out that Thulite is a real-life material that was named before the Thule Society ever existed, so it's not a Nazi thing. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, like, uh, sometimes also called Rosaline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just Google it. I don't know how this... I mean, it's quartz. They're powering their ship with fancy quartz. Yeah. <laughs> powering so, up with a rose uh... quartz. <laughs> <laughs> not not the kind that uh, tried to like uh, do a revolution six thousand years ago on Earth though, against the diamond. No, authority. this is the kind that you keep in your uh, house to cleanse it of. I think uh, unwanted spiritual presences. I don't remember what the pink one does. It's uh, it's a magic rock. Um, looking up the uh, on the wiki article to see if it says anything on that. Uh, in that the mythical island of Thule and the belief that the island is Scandinavia. Uh, it doesn't say anything on the wiki article about, like, anything like that. It just describes the rock, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure it'll be something remarkably generic, because that's how crystal magic tends to work. Yeah. Uh, loving, passionate, and energetic uh, healing properties, uh, you know, just like every crystal. <laughs> yeah, that's everybody trying to claim that, that crystals do that, or they get to power them up by jacking off. <laughs> I think that's forever. Um, <laughs> hey, it's like, I mean, Entrapta's getting the ship off, they need to get, uh, more, uh, jack-off crystals for the ship to charge it up again. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If they, like, if they need those, you would think they would wait for a door or for entrapped <laughs> like you can't the ship only has so much of a refractory may- may- period maybe entrapped takes a while <laughs> like maybe they're like oh we got plenty of time she takes a while to reach completion <laughs> i don't know this is a terrible fucking <laughs> like uh i can't i can't even say this is a joke that we're making <laughs> Yeah, at least in chapters uh, 30 and not a teenager, so I guess it's actually a little bit better in their quotes to, like, make jokes about her jacking off. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, don't cut this. Um, Leave it in. <laughs> no, I wasn't planning to. 
No, this ship is this episode is absolutely called Spaceship Refractory. Period. Don't worry. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so Glimmer does a little bit of a callback to the Coronation episode, except it's way too soon to be making callbacks. You were just evil last up, and Boat takes off even madder than he was before. Uh, she's really bothered by the fact that he's so mad, and Adora tells her that she thinks that he was so focused on finding her that he never actually processed her as feelings about the whole genocide thing, but... Honestly, it seems to me like his feelings are pretty dang processed. Yeah. He's mad. Yeah, he's like pretty much assuredly figured out what his uh, feelings towards Glimmer are, which is, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I get that Azor is not the intuitive type, but he knows what he's up to, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, she basically says that she's not good at this but she'll try to help you know she absolutely does refer to herself as a guy during this statement so transadora confirmed again Mm -hmm. but they're interrupted by a sinkhole happening and glimmer saves Bo from it but adora gets dropped into yet another crystal cave because it's just all the time with crystals here Mm -hmm. um there is a light in the cave though so she decides to go exploring instead of waiting for her friends to rescue her from the cave yeah instead of doing Uh, the sensible thing (laughs) yeah uh, on Ethereum, we get another shot of Swifty reporting in, and he tells Adora that there were some bounty hunters after her because of crime, but that Scorpia and Perfuma hunted them down and took care of them, which I assume means that they killed Horned Goon and Forearmed Goon this time, because they are definitely the people being portrayed, and if they're not hunting Adora anymore, something happened, you know? <laughs> Uh, and also that a bunch of Horde drones tried to take over Crypto Castle, but Marmista and Frosta stopped that. And finally, he talks about Shadow Weaver wanting to do some evil magic thing or the other, and we get some Swifty doing impressions of the other characters. It's kind of fun, but not really important. This is like and... one of the few times that I kind of found Swift in the not actually really just being annoying or insensitive. Yeah, yeah, he's very. <laughs> I like him in this episode. Yeah, he's like, a good boy here. <laughs> yeah, like I like his like goofy impressions of everybody, and also like, hey, you kind of skipped over it, but remember that Spinnerella and the Talisa exist in this show. <laughs> Because the show kind of hasn't at all ever since they had their, like, kind of weird moment where it said that they like each other a lot, <laughs> even though they were being very competitive and argumentative between the two of them. <laughs> like, I mean, I skipped over it because they don't really have no, any lines and don't do anything yeah, no, of consequence, they, they, but they, you do see them, They don't yes. say anything, but like I, when I saw them, I was like, oh, right, those two. <laughs> they literally have not shown up at all since that episode where they were, like, keeping count of their kills. <laughs> Yeah, um, Spinnerella and Natasha are good. I hope you like them. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, <laughs> I feel like they're either not going to show up at all in the rest of the show, or if they do, they'll be in the background and not say anything, and they'll never get much to do at all throughout the last, like, what, eight episodes we have? <laughs> I refuse to comment. However, uh, you know, they're good. I like them. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, he... I really like uh, Swifty's Shadow Weaver. He's so good at that. Like the, <laughs> yeah. the tone is wrong, but he gets the voice exactly. Like he's not doing her voice, but the intonation yeah. is perfect. It's all spot like, on. Maybe we should use magic. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you no know shit, I mean? Shadow it's Weaver. Like... What else do you do <laughs> besides <laughs> emotionally manipulate people? <laughs> right. 
Well, not even that. I mean, like, the way she talks, he, he has her cadence, her rhythm down perfectly, even though he's not doing the voice, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. It's very funny to me. But, and of course, his Seahawk impression is perfect, because I'm pretty sure that's, like, the same guy. Um, uh, no, no, it's not the, they're not the same voice actor. We covered this before. No? No. Oh, I thought, okay. Nope. Different guys. At least I'm pretty sure. All right. I think. Hang on. Now I gotta check. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we looked this up once before and they weren't. Uh, <laughs> Swisterin is voiced by Adam Ray. Okay, where is... Uh... Um, yeah, I guess not. I think, I don't I think know. it's just that they sound so similar that that's all you would think. Cause, that cause, must cause, be yeah, it, yeah, because, yeah, because they're not the same guy. Jordan Fisher, yeah. Okay, well... Adam Ray does a very good Jordan Fisher impression. Um, I feel like it really doesn't take a whole lot to ha- to pretend to be like big bravado guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he signs off this message by just asking for a sign because all the others think he's wasting his time trying to talk to her and that it's useless, but they need her, so he begs her to come home soon and let him know if she hears him. But back down in the cave, Adora is following this light when suddenly it's extinguished and she is attacked by a group of weirdos. These three are here for gas, just like she is. Uh, <laughs> well, they should be looking and... for the uh, the Pokemon Center gas stations instead of looking on the ground for gas. <laughs> that's, that's kind of one of the funnier things also in Scarlet and Violet. The fact that Pokemon Center is just fucking gas stations because everybody has these weird motorcycle dragons. <laughs> <laughs> very funny when I saw that I was like is that just a fucking gas station and it's like oh right everybody's got cyclozars <laughs> yeah I guess it is <laughs> it's, a- it's very funny to me that in the Pokedex entry it says cyclozar runs at 70 miles an hour and yet your legendary version does not go anywhere near uh, that fast I also thought that like when I saw that when they announced cyclozar with the legendaries I was like so sure that it was going to be like a Nebby situation where it's like oh this thing eventually evolves into it or can or something <laughs> or that it but i guess like it's more implied that it's like oh cyclozar is just like the modern day version of these because like Crydon is like clearly like the past version and Maridon's the future version i guess and that it's just that uh cyclozar is like the modern day version and over time it just evolved yeah, yeah. i don't think being older usually makes you coated in metal like that's just not how evolution works but... uh i mean that it did for Crydon, or uh, not Crydon, uh, Maridon and all the uh the paradox pokemon in, Scar- in violet yeah this is what i'm saying they're all they're all iron that... whatever that's like that's not a natural evolution no there is some madman yeah, in the like, future going around stapling iron plates yeah like pokemon. oh that's actually that would be a neat idea for the dlc they do one where it's like you actually go into the past and like actually like see the time that all the like the scarlet paradoxes were from and then there's another one where you go into the future and see people just fucking up and like just basically doing like the whole like porygon and mewtwo thing only even more fucked up of just like strapping like cybernetics on the pokemon to make them into the iron ones <laughs> yeah yeah interesting idea they'll never do it because it's too cool for pokemon <laughs> i guess <laughs> but like i don't know i guess that's like the majority of what i could think that dlc would be because like presumably there would probably be two bits of dlc just like there was for story mm-hmm. shield like one in like in like summer of the next year or something and then the other in fall just like the uh, sword and shield schedule yeah 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 um Especially with uh, 
sorry, especially with like home integration coming in the spring. So that's like probably like March or April. So then you transfer all <laughs> Pokemon in and also get the Hisuian guys in. So do that ahead of time to get basically to be like, hey, in like two months you'll get the DLC. So this will like pique your interest because you can transfer your guys over now. <laughs> and then maybe we'll go ahead and like bring back in Bulbasaur and Squirtle again, just like last time, because we keep giving Charizard all the special treatment because he's a specialist boy. <laughs> I mean, he's just this guy, you know? It is still very funny that twice now they've had to give Charizard a form that made him be a dragon because they got rid of the first time that they could let you have that since they killed Mega Evolution. So it's like, oh, the first <laughs> special terror raid will be Dragon Charizard. Because, yeah, we, we realized that we took that away from you, so we're going to give it back again in some form. And then in Gen 10, you won't be able to do Terra anymore, so we'll have to figure out a third way to make Dragon Charizard. <laughs> uh, I must say... It, when you terrestrialize Dracloak, uh, it, it has a little Dreepy on its head, and the Dreepy wears the hat instead, and that is adorable, yeah, and I the, love it. Yeah, the, the, but when it evolves into a Dragapult, that's not a thing anymore. It uh, just wears the hat normally, and that is... Bummer. It should have been two little hats, yeah, they know Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like that would have been like a little too much effort just for one Pokemon, but it would have been worth it. The, hat, agree, the hats yes, are all like... They took that from The us. hats are all just so good designs, too. <laughs> I, I like the ghost sprite from Gen 1 as the ghost one. I like the fucking axe embedded in your head for steel. <laughs> That's just kind of gnarly. <laughs> Honestly, I don't really like the way any of the terrestrializing looks, but, you know... It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate it. I just don't love it either. Yeah, I think I think that's like just kind of like a slight issue with terrestrializing, where it's like it doesn't look as flashy as Mega Evolution, Z moves, or uh, Gigantamaxing and Dynamaxing. But I feel like it's also like the one that's like kind of the coolest of them, just because it does give you like essentially like a third stab and change up your typing so drastically. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like, definitely like kind of like the most interesting in terms of like competitive pokemon like mindfuckery in a sense where it's like oh, oh hey this thing sure. that yeah. i normally know is like double weak to rock now it's resist rock oh fuck or something like that <laughs> like it's it's yeah it's just it's fun but again it doesn't seem like it's nearly as like bombastic as the others have been because it's just oh you just well, you just have a crystal body and a hat on your head <laughs> like not even bombastic it just doesn't look cool yeah, I guess it's it's absolutely the coolest of the mechanics, but like yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a little bit the lamest of the visual effect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Um, we can put a candle on your little crocodile's head. Um. <laughs> 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 oh, 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 yes. Uh, Sorry, so she's attacked by these three weirdos. And uh, they're they're also here for fuel and are trying to get out of here as fast as humanly possible. And they're they're fighting, and while they fight, Adora basically convinces them to stop by insisting they're all on the same side if they're not the horde. But honestly, like she was winning against all three oh, yeah, of them. No, she definitely. had this. Yeah, he was handing them all their asses, even without having. Either magic. they are not good at this, or she is much better than she was two episodes ago. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's probably the the former there. They're just not good at this because I don't think Adora would have had a massive jump in like power just from two uh, episodes ago. <laughs> 
Yeah, Bo and Glimmer descend into the sinkhole after Adora, but Glimmer slips and falls, and Bo has to catch her. And he insists that she should be more careful now that she can't teleport anymore. And she takes this as an invitation to chat him up about some of their memories together, which, uh, bad moment, Glimmer. You might not be genocidal anymore, but you still can't read our room. <laughs> and here we go. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to start saying their names now, and this is going to be painful for everyone, so... They're, they are a very... Like, I had to look multiple times I was getting down their voice actor names, like, which one was which? They all have star in their name. I know it's intentional, yep. but it's so, it's so too similar. <laughs> So we get a shot of Starla, who is the blonde one, feeding Glory, who is a sort of owl pigeon bird thing, some worms, which are worms. And then they light up. Uh, this bird apparently was the light Adora was following earlier. As soon as you uh, said Star they, and they light up, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. <laughs> what, they, the worms light up? No, they all just do drugs in this cave. Oh. <laughs> I mean, basically, we don't know what they're eating. Yeah. But yeah, Starla gives Adora a bowl of some sort of round food, and then introduces her sister Tallstar and her brother Jewelstar. There's definitely some tension here, because Tallstar doesn't like how friendly Starla is being with the stranger, and it turns out that they can't get to the Thulite right now, because it's at the center of a cave system that is being destroyed by a bunch of earthquakes. So their plan is just to wait until things clear up until they can get it, but Adora can't wait because she has to stop Prime before he trashes Eternia. And uh, they basically tell her that if he's on the planet, it's over. No, don't bother. <laughs> I do, so. I do, especially like how Adora is also trying to argue to them that she is smart. And meanwhile, this, I watched this episode right after I saw that tweet describing Nimona from Scarlet and Violet as this idiot with a single concrete brick for a brain, and I was like, oh, that's just Adora. <laughs> <laughs> Like single, describing somebody as having a single concrete brick for a brain is a very good descriptor of Nimona and also Adora. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, as established a couple episodes ago, Adora does all the strategic planning yeah, for the rebellion. Yeah, like, Adora is actually yet, this smart. is how she acts when she's on her own. Yeah, she, she's just, like, pouring an entire bowl of food into her mouth, being very rude in front of her. Uh, I guess she is the guest. She's not, like, the other ones aren't her guests at all but it's like it's just like yeah she just acts like a goofball most of the time and yet she's also the smartest person in the rebellion again probably a good indicator of why the rebellion has sucked at this for the last 30 years because <laughs> i kind peak. of feel like she has <laughs> modes you know she just turns it on when there's actual people around yeah. <laughs> but i don't know yeah um essentially this used to be their planet. It was like an interstellar hub where travelers from all over the galaxy could gather, until Prime showed up and glassed the planet. So now they're just scavenging the remains of their old home. Um, oh, so they're the, uh, they're the Covenant glassing planets. Vidora <laughs> <laughs> insists that she's going to fight and beat Prime, and with the rebellion she'll win. And Starla seems very into it, but Tallstar and Jewelstar just shut this down, because after all Adora is just one girl with a stick. She can't fight an empire by herself. But she is insistent. If they work together, they can win, whether the group is small or no. And plus, she is a captive, someone who's, like, really... I mean, she can't say the word. But anyway, um, <laughs> Jewelstar tells her again that if Prime has her, it is too late. And Adora reads this totally wrong, starting to go on about how she can maybe be saved. And, you know, I thought she was all the way evil, but she saved Glimmer, so maybe we can... But actually, what's being said here is that uh, she's dead. No one defies Prime and lives. The end. <laughs> Rip. 
I guess uh, show over, right? <laughs> yeah, weird that this next episode we have up is called Save the Cat. I guess we're talking about a different cat rather than Catra. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, I don't remember her name, but that pirate cat from the Boys Night episode. <laughs> <laughs> Was there another cat person in that episode? I do not remember that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because That was only the, like a uh... month ago. I super do not remember there being another <laughs> uh, tabaxi there. <laughs> yeah, uh, she, she never got a name in this edition. But she was with the Admiral guy, who, in the old show, was best friends with his cat and couldn't, but get, like, do you remember this at all? Am I ringing any bells? Hmm. Guess not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, oh, wait, no, yeah, I, I just found a screenshot of it from when uh, that guy is holding a sword up to uh, Seahawk, and yeah, there is definitely a person in the background where her face is covered, but she does have, like, a cat ear poking up. Yeah, I guess it wasn't that cat person. Yeah, and I theorized that she was like the modern version of his regular cat from the old show. So, uh, yeah. wait, uh, this this she, okay? Yeah, maybe she is a little bit cat. She has like a really fluffy tail though, so I thought for a sec she might get fox by zoomed in. And it's like no, she looks more like a cat. She is definitely a cat. I assure you. We don't have time to relitigate the whole episode. Though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um. Yeah, so Adora doesn't really have time to process the fact that they're telling her Catra is dead before Bo and Glimmer show up, because, yeah, you know, they're, they're here now, and while they're doing introductions, they're erupted, interrupted by yet another quake, in which Bo just sort of instinctively protects Glimmer. It's, it's cute, but he seems mad about it afterwards. Uh, Bo is mad is going to be the key definition here in this episode. Um... At this point, Entrapta shows up also, because I guess she's a quick lay, and she's done getting it on with Darla, so she has figured out a way to track the earthquakes, and the big one is coming soon, and like soon, soon. So they all agree to work together, and as they head out, the star siblings chat about what they want to do when they get it, and how to get the crystals out, and their maneuvers, and Glimmer sees how close they are, and just kind of admiring that. Tallstar tells her that it is because they only had each other and had to learn to survive together. Then they come to a chasm, which is the last obstacle separating them from the Thulite, but they don't have a way to cross it, except for a conveniently placed pillar that is standing right next to it. Uh, Adora figures that if they use the next quake to push it over, they can create a makeshift bridge, and despite all logic and reason, this works. Like, yeah. seriously though, it is six people <laughs> pushing a giant rock, that's not how physics works. Yeah, I, I mean, you gotta also bring up that that definitely also worked on that giant door designed for a dragon in the season finale of uh, season four of uh, the Dragon Prince. <laughs> Where it's like, I, you know, it's like you, ha you see it like it open when bait helps up, and I was like, oh, expecting that they're gonna zoom up the camera and like, uh, Rex and he had pushed it open, but no, he opened, he pushed <laughs> it open like two minutes later. <laughs> and it was like, yep, yep, okay, yep. sure. <laughs> I guess he needed the glow tone <laughs> to help. <laughs> also, oh, that's something I just remembered that I wanted to bring up. Uh, I thought that they were definitely going to have uh, Sil Regum show up way more often, considering that they went into like his whole backstory in like the uh, beginning of the first episode of season three after introducing <laughs> him at the very end of season two. And no, yeah. he's only in that one episode just as a, like, just as a roadblock. Like, he's a fucking Snorlax, basically, <laughs> trying to get around him, and, like, he never comes up again. It's like, oh, I, thought, <laughs> I was expecting him to really show up. He had a whole backstory and all. But no. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> uh. Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll come back. Maybe they'll find him again in, like, one of the seasons coming up to try to find uh, Aravos's prison or something. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Another thing that's weird is the way the ground breaks here, because the crag Glimmer is standing on just gets lifted like 30 feet in the air, and uh, that's not normal either. So Bo just starts panicking because she can't teleport anymore, but she's closer to the Dilithium now and insists on going up there. And as she goes, the tunnel that they use to get in there starts to collapse, and Adora and Tallstar just casually hold up the weight of a collapsing planet between the two of them. While yeah, Jules Star... they <laughs> Yeah, and then Jewelstar and Bo like, set up supports for the bridge. But uh, the big quake comes faster than anticipated, and the chasm starts to like fall away, and the bridge isn't long enough. So Bo sends the star siblings ahead while he's busy freaking out about Glimmer, but... Tallstar can't hold up the planet anymore because, you know, it's a planet. And also, uh, her main mechanical limbs just explode from the strain of holding it up. Yeah, she, but... she never, like, uh, gets... She never seems to be a little bit annoyed at that. <laughs> like, she she's there in, like, the last shot with her one arm definitely fucked up still. <laughs> like, you should probably have Entrapta look at that. Maybe. Maybe she can yeah. help. Well, Entrapta does go to her right away. The instant her arms blow up, she's, like, on her. And, uh... At this point, Nadora insists that she is not going to give up on her friends, and she is not going to let this rock fall. So she starts screaming and glowing and throwing out waves in rainbow colors as she briefly turns Super Saiyan and tosses the debris away into the chasm. And uh, Entrapta realizes just for a moment she had she power again. The star siblings are mostly just freaked out that she did magic. <laughs> Uh, Glimmer and Bo get stuck on the other side of the chasm as the bridge falls, and they try to Indiana Jones their way across, but the sort of stalagmite thing that Bo snagged falls, and they... Tight, stalactite thing that Bo snagged falls, and they have to get pulled up by everyone else, and they don't say anything, but, you know, the metaphor is there, everybody holding on one hand to the next, etc., etc., Um, I'm still surprised that even ever since I was a kid, I remembered how to distinguish stalactites and stalagmite from each other. Because like, I remember hearing like a uh, like a little like li- uh, I'm trying. To, I don't know how to describe it, but I definitely remember hearing somebody say that stalagmites might reach the ceiling and stalactites hold tight to the ceiling. That's how I always remember it <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> yeah, well, I just wrote down the wrong thing, so don't worry fair, about that. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I just I cannot tell you where I heard that from. I just remember hearing it once. <laughs> When I was like maybe like eight, and it's just stuck in my brain the entire time. It's like uh, it's like when I was uh, doing my uh, my uh, final uh, voice therapy when uh, she was having me like practice by like trying to just maintain with my like uh, level my high level of femme voice by doing the alphabet, where I was like having to intentionally slow down because I didn't want to go through the middle part of like L M N O P as you're just, as you're always taught that as a kid when you're singing the alphabet like A B C D E F G that whole thing. Because everybody mm-hmm. learns it that way, and it's like you have to like actually intentionally kind of slow down when you're trying to actually say it out loud rather than just blazing through the element of peace part. <laughs> <laughs> and like I even told her that I was like, yeah, is it obvious that I tried to actually slow myself down, and because otherwise I was gonna say it just like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just those, it's just one of those weird things that you learn when you're like six, and it just never leaves your brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh... Everybody makes it back to the surface just fine, and Starless celebrates for a little bit as Bo and Glimmer share a knowing glance, and we get a cutaway, and then the star siblings pull Adora aside for a chat. Tallstar's arms at, like... At, I, I, I don't know how to describe this exactly. They're not messed up anymore. They're not even the same arms. They've been replaced with, like, slinky arms instead of... <laughs> I don't know if this is well, I don't, parts I, I, re- I don't... reused from... 
I thought that it was like this is what they look like without like the overall outward paneling because like the one on like the right arm is the one that had the paneling break off when he was trying to hold up the ceiling and that's the one that looks different. So I thought it was more just like that's what it looks like without like the like I guess protective like metal paneling on it or something that popped off. I don't know because maybe I'm just interpreting stuff that's not there but it, it looks like different tech to me so mm. I don't know. It it doesn't super matter either way. Yeah. I don't remember if these guys ever show up again. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure when I was looking at their voice actors, I think I saw they all only have one appearance in the entire show. Which I definitely realized that near the end of this next episode we're going to cover that. It's like, wait, where were they the entire time? I guess maybe they flew to Etheria on their ship because they didn't want to <laughs> go directly to the Prime or something right afterwards. Yeah. Or they were just like, got cold feet. I was like, wait, you want to go right to that guy? Uh, fuck that. Goodbye. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure based on that, I don't think they show up ever again. <laughs> yeah, um thing is there hasn't been magic in the greater universe for just like millennia but they saw adora do it down in the cave and this has totally changed their outlook because if there's magic in play they want to be a part of the rebellion against prime after all so <laughs> they shake hands and there's sort of a touching moment adora does not question even for an instant that she did magic like yeah <laughs> yes. she just takes their word for it and i guess assumes that she did the thing <laughs> Like, oh, I guess I figured it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we cut to the inside of the ship where Darla says that, quote, two light stores have been replenished. Not super sure what that means, but I guess at least they have gas. Um, Glimmer approaches Bo, and she's apologizing again and saying she knows that he's mad and that they might never be friends again, but uh, she won't stop trying to make it better because... Uh, He's mad, and he has the right to be, considering all that went down, but she'll still be there when he's ready. If he's ready. And he's pretty cold-faced at first, but then just kind of turns around and hugs her. So, I guess that plot is over now. Um, and then we move over to Adora, who was here the whole time and did not leave for this incredibly <laughs> awkward conversation. Yeah. <laughs> She's just staring out into space, so they go to check up on her, and the thing is, uh, she wants to go save Katra, which is a bad idea, and they shouldn't do it, and there's really not any hope, because she's already dead, according to everybody, but she wants to go do it anyway. And then, for some unfathomable reason, Bo and Glimmer agree to do this. Uh, they completely misunderstand what it means to sacrifice yourself. Glimmer says, she sacrificed herself to get me out, I'd do anything to get her back. But that's not how that really works. No. If someone sacrifices <laughs> themselves so you can escape, it's like, you don't yeah, go the, back for them, that's the, just the manners. The presumption when somebody sacrifices themselves to help you out is that that means that person is dead. And therefore is yes. not saveable at this point because they're dead. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, honestly, it's, it's bad manners if you go back and interrupt their sacrificing themselves to save Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, uh, this is also something I noticed about this scene for some reason. And, like, does Glimmer have, like, a necklace on? Because, like, she has that, like, gemstone that looks like it's in, like, embedded in her chest. It just made me think that she has a core crystal from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and 3, because there's no cord, at least not visible, that's drawn. <laughs> so it's like, is she a, is she a, a blade? I don't know. <laughs> I can honestly say I didn't notice that, so there yeah, you go. Yeah, no, I only just now realized it, because, like, she's had this new outfit since Season 4's premiere, but it's like, I just now noticed that she just has a crystal embedded in her chest, I guess. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, hey, I guess she's a blade from Xenoblade. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, it turns out she is the uh, the third uh, uh, Aegis core crystal that uh, disappeared maybe into the DLC of Xenoblade 3. Who knows? <laughs> There's a lot of weird <laughs> shit that goes on that they still haven't explained that from Xenoblade 2, and it's like everybody's like, is that Xenoblade 3? Or, or, no, I, actually, no, I think that might be a guy from Xenoblade 1, because they also like slightly redid his design in the, the remake they released a few years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, might have been Alvis. <laughs> Spoilers, I guess, for Xenoblade <laughs> 1, 2, and technically 3, because they're all fucking connected. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't really have much else on the episode, like, yeah. aside from the fact that those people are definitely uh, not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there is one last scene. Um, so they all hug, and then we get a brief shot of Etheria, where Swifty is cuddling with Scorpia. It's very cute. Oh, right, yeah, I forgot this. But, uh, yeah, then there is a mysterious shimmering noise, and he just jumps up, declaring that She-Ra is back, so... Well, his horn also glows, so, like, he's able to, like... He finally gets her to pick up her, the phone, <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> or or yeah. at least, like, he doesn't get, like, the whole, your your phone cannot be completed because this number doesn't exist. It's, like, now just, like, oh, that's actually going through, she doesn't pick up. Yeah, um, overall, I think this is probably the weakest of the season five episodes. Yeah, it, uh, it's it's pretty much isolated, much like the title of the episode itself, where they're stranded. <laughs> it's it's kind of yeah. just a bottle episode that kind of is just, like, more or less just, like, in between, like, two big episodes, in terms of, like, Catra getting Glimmer out, and then them going back for Catra. Yeah, I get that they needed to build to save the cat, but I feel like this would have been better if it was literally anything because yeah. if the star siblings don't show up then they don't there's matter. no point to any of <laughs> yeah. this yeah the only purpose they serve is convincing Adora to do this bad idea well they also they exist had... for me to have some actual trivia besides uh besides the thing about the previous the following episode because i actually have oh, voice yeah. actors cover again so i guess these <laughs> that's are, fair i guess these are the few people you mentioned uh being new characters introduced in season five some of them sure <laughs> Did we seriously get like another new character introduced like two episodes before the end of the show? <laughs> to show up once, <laughs> again. Just like the star siblings. I know you mentioned that the star siblings were in the show overall, but they like were tweaked and all because like they're they were the star. I know they were the star sisters in the original show, but now they're the star siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know like because yeah, I, mean, I know whether good for him. Best. He transitioned. Yeah. Good job, Jewel Star. Also, also voiced by a trans uh, voice actor. Honestly, the incredible power of transitioning and keeping your dead name, though. Uh, yeah, I guess there is that. Although, I, I mean, it's the same name as in the original show, I presume. So, like, maybe it's just that they were slightly tweaked or whatever. Or maybe, like, not everybody changes their name when they come out. So I guess yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's a power move. Yeah. Most people do, but some people don't. Yeah. Should we just get back into the next episode, then? Since it's a big uh, one? Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, this episode 5 of season 5 it is called Save the Cat, which uh, just has Mara's ship entering Hordex flagship being pulled in by... They never say, but I presume it's a tractor beam? Because like, uh, I'm pretty sure like Darla's like, we're being pulled in, or something like that. So it's like... By an unknown force, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, are they just straight up doing a, the thing from A New Hope? And turns out, yes, because this is just straight up them getting to the Death Star and hiding in the ship somewhere, or at least in their case, outside the ship. <laughs> it's like, very much just reads like it's just, they just decide to take some of that. Because <laughs> like, yeah, like Adora is captured by the Prime Clothes and she says she came alone. 
And as she's taken away, entrapped the bow and glimmer fall off the side of the ship, having used the spacesuits entrapped that made two episodes previously to escape the guards. That good thing that I guess entrapped the made a suit that fits both Adora and Glimmer, because I think she only made the three at the time. I don't know when she. You know, speaking of the spacesuits, a thing that I meant to mention a couple episodes ago but completely forgot. Like, mm-hmm. it is so convenient that she made a suit with a belly window for yeah, both. Yeah, I noticed that. I, I I started to notice that where it's like I noticed it most on the uh, chapters where she basically kind of has like a bit of a chest window on top of her. Yeah, tits. she absolutely and does. And I was like, wait, did she design that? And then I saw bows, and it's like, why did she design spacesuits that are tailor made to their normal outfits? Where it's like straight up has like that bit of like their skin exposed more or less, or at least like a cutout that looks like it. <laughs> so yeah, I guess Entrapta just wanted to do that. I guess she wanted to have fun with it by just making it be like, this is your spacesuit. It's the one that has your uh, tummy showing because it's bow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we never really get too much of an idea of interruptive on account of the way she acts but uh from the titty window she gave herself clearly very self-confidence <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey to be fair and chapter kind of has big boobs <laughs> i'm not gonna lie well i mean she's 30 so <laughs> yeah she's had time she's not a teenager <laughs> but yeah it's just, I mean, i'm also glad that it's like not only was it just like uh me noticing that in chapter was fucking the ship that you also noticed this too like <laughs> Oh, it was so overt as the thing. Yeah. That wasn't even trying to be these, these subtle. Are, these are the kind of things that the like the t- the core demographic for this show being like primarily like a younger audience and not thirty year olds would not notice, but thirty year olds always notice. I'm like, oh that's <laughs> it's just like how like I was like, is it making like ever like a peeing your pants joke or a coming your pants joke in season four of Dragon <laughs> Prince? And I was like, I definitely read that more as a coming your pants joke <laughs> than peeing your pants. <laughs> It was uh, uh the, the the assistant crow lord guy when he saw the book that Callum ordered about the runes and stuff, <laughs> and it was like immediately like, is, is that what that is? I don't know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> getting back on track. Uh, Bo basically like all the group basically has these little like Bluetooth earpieces in so they can talk to each other, and Bo radios the door to let them her know that they all got in and weren't found, and she tells them to work fast as she's basically just gonna go and distract Horde Prime. So they give them uh, the opportunity to find Katra and apparently hack the servers. Because <laughs> Glimmer get. I don't. So here's the thing. I get that obviously that they kind of have to split up because Entrapta doesn't have power, so one of them has to guard her, and it makes a little bit more sense for it to be Bo. But I also don't think that they would necessarily want to let like, Glimmer go off on her own when she literally just got free of this place like a day ago <laughs> at most. <laughs> like she, she was a prisoner here for weeks and they finally got her out or at least captured it and they maybe let her go wander off by herself through this place again i guess it makes well, them i guess i guess it, yeah I guess if it... anything she knows the layout yeah, yeah i was about to say i guess that's the one thing that because like she knows where the cell is and she assumes catcher would be there that she was at so i guess that yeah. tracks better than anything but it's like it just is like a little bit amusing that glimmer doesn't go with trapped and bill goes to find catcher <laughs> sure whatever i guess it's that's like well she knows though. the place <laughs> Yeah, we do also get confirmation in this episode that just regular magic works in this place. It's only princess magic that's disabled, because Entrapta's hair is still prehensile. So. Yeah, and I mean, like, the Dora the Dora still pops out She-Ra as, like, full-on She-Ra, so... Yeah. I, I, think it, well, I think it might still just be, like, you know, you do have to be, like, uh, connected to the runestone, and she's just too far away, whereas Adora basically has her own runestone in the sword. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that seems to make the most sense. But yes, uh, the, yeah, like I said, Bone and Chapter go look for the servers to download any useful info. 
And Zora enters Prime's throne room place that I still don't quite know what to actually call. I guess throne room is the closest that we could call. It's just, it's <laughs> in everything, but it looks like it's the throne. Uh, but he's, like, hooked up to his, like, green goop pool via his, like, techno dreadlocks. Because, uh, I guess that's just what he does every so often. Yeah, I mean, you gotta hook up to a green goop pool when you're an evil emperor. Exactly. You know, it's, it's very much like, uh, the bit where you see, like, Vader's, like, helmet being lowered as he's, like, in that little, like, uh, whatever chamber in, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, all. for sure, yeah, the, the pressurized meditation chamber. Yeah. Is that because, a you know, Wait. sometimes you just want to not have your helmet on. Is that a meditation chamber? In yeah, Empire sure Strikes? is. That's oh. where he does his evil Sith meditating. Oh, I didn't realize that's what that was. I thought that was, like, just, like, one of his, like, like little, like, medical pots or something like that he had to be in every so often. That's why he had his helmet off. Nah, like... If he's in a specifically pressurized environment, he doesn't need the helmet on to breathe. Uh, so that's what those yeah. pods are. Yeah. Just to give him like a break from having that head yeah, helmet from, thing from all having the time. Uh, clothes on all the time. I guess. Even yeah, exactly. You to take your helmet off. Because guess. you can imagine how stank that would get. Yeah. After a I, I'd imagine decades. like he really can't take off much of the suit, if, if any at all, considering how much mechanical stuff is in there, especially the limbs. <laughs> yeah. Plus, like. Given that it was deliberately dumb and bad technology. Yeah. God, how, you just have to remember sometimes how fucked up it is that Obi-Wan intentionally sliced off his one arm that was not already mechanical. He's like, yep, there's got to take off all these limbs to make sure they're all just dumps at this point. Well, I don't know how intentional it was. It, but... it's, just, it's just that it's kind of amusing that the only one left is the one that already been chopped off like five years prior. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, you couldn't potentially hit that one out of these other four at all during this. You might as well hit his two legs and not one of his arms somehow, despite the arms being the thing holding the lightsaber. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, Star Wars. It's fun at times. A lot of Star Wars is not that great, but it's fun sometimes. <laughs> I, I heard people really like Andor, and like apparently that season finale of Andor ended really good. I just don't have any way to watch Andor because I don't have Disney Plus. I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately. But the first eleven episodes were great. <laughs> oh, there are eleven of Andor. Uh, there are twelve total. So. Oh, that's that's more than I expected. I, for some reason, I thought it was gonna be like a shorter thing, like six or seven episodes. Like kind of more like yeah. uh, I think Book of Boba Fett was maybe eight or so. I thought it was like gonna be something close uh, to that. Book length. of Boba was six. Oh, that might be what I'm thinking of, and that's why I thought Andor would have been that long, too. Makes sense to me. Yep. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a full 12-episode story. It's like a real season of TV. Dang. Are those episodes half hour long or an hour? They are an hour. Wow. Okay, that's... They put more effort into Andor than I expected for being like a little spinoff about like everyday normal people living under fascism. No, honestly, it's the best Star Wars in years. That That's also what I've heard a lot of people compare it to, of like... You know, the whole, like, uh, comparison to Yoda saying, do or do not, there is no trying, and meanwhile, like, Andor is all about people trying, <laughs> living under fascism, yeah. and it's like, no, actually, there is try, it's just that, for some reason, the original Star Wars wasn't, like, willing to be like, yeah, no, trying doesn't count, you have to do or do not. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> that matters, I guess. Well, I mean, that's what Luke needed in the moment. It's not a hard and fast rule that Jedi uh, don't do true, hard and true. fast rules. Yeah, I mean, because like that was him trying to lift his spaceship out of the, out of the swamp. And it's like yeah. I guess I guess like even if you try and you don't succeed, it's like well you still failed because you didn't get off the planet of the swamp stuff. <laughs> yeah, that spaceship has to stink by the time you actually cut it out of there. <laughs> and then Luke goes ahead and tosses it underwater for like a, something like a decade or something like that afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, the water ceiling on that thing must be impeccable. Yeah. 
Goku's poor X-Wing getting stuck in a swamp for like a week or so and then getting thrown in the water for like a decade. <laughs> 20 years. And yet somehow it still works enough for Ray to use it. <laughs> yep. Well, I guess, I mean, like, I guess spaceships are actually probably better insulated against, like, the elements even, like, being underwater because they need to survive the vacuum of space. So I guess that kind of <laughs> tracks, but also I feel like most spaceships wouldn't have to be designed in such a way to survive underwater and in swamps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Star Wars. Uh, we should probably get back to the actual not Star Wars we're talking about. Although, even though this very much does read a lot like being on the Death Star. <laughs> Yeah, fair. Yep. It's interesting. Like a lot of this season so far has been very Star Trek, yeah. and all of a sudden in this one, it's we're Star doing Wars. a Death Star run. Yeah, I mean, like even like uh, like uh, Dora being brought to like Horde Prime's like chamber kind of reads a lot like when Luke is brought to Palpatine in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's there's a lot of the same visual language here. Yeah, very Star Wars vibes a lot, and having to fight her uh, friends in Luke's case, his dad, <laughs> like at the end there <laughs> as well, dealing with the evil fascist emperor <laughs> but yes uh bowman and trap to uh, go and duck out of sight of some clones and while trying to find the server room but they think they found it which but it ends up basically just being a clone creation chamber i think they never really named this place but it has a bunch of like clone pods so i assume it's something like that uh but there are just two guys in there who don't believe their story about being the inspectors which i guess not everybody in the horde is an idiot unlike uh when seahawk liked the scorpio <laughs> and they really lock them in and attack them, and like the door kind of hears it on the radio, but they fizzle out. And Prime explains that he basically uses his goop dreadlocks to maintain this vessel of his. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know this obviously at this point, but I feel like he's just like an artificial intelligence that jumps between different bodies, because he basically explains that he's lived forever, more or less. Because, <laughs> yeah. Well, like it kind of depends on how you want to define that. Prime is himself originally an organic being mm -hmm. he's not a computer or anything okay, but so, he absolutely transfers yeah. himself from body to body yeah he's just he must be able to transfer his mind then if he's not an ai yeah exactly yeah but he just keeps doing that across all his clones and there's also a bit here where he like at some point basically explains that he can more or less like kind of like I don't he he kind of describes it like it seems like he's using his clones to turn them into the goop to keep himself going so it's like it's weird that he's like <laughs> making his clones and then using them to feed himself in a sense yeah yeah what he says is that he borrows strength from his brothers and i can't tell if that's him literally getting a little bit of power from them or if he's i think that's him being euphemistic that sounds like they're turn being turned into goop to keep his vessel going <laughs> until he jumps to a different vessel that, that definitely reads like they're being tossed into a grinder <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, it's like he's straight up using them as, like, organ donors in a sense. <laughs> like, they're they're being cloned off of how I was as a youngin, and now I'm just uh, taking their kidney as I need it. <laughs> you don't need this. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Adora basically threatens him that she's going to use the heart to destroy him if he doesn't just give her capture and let her leave. But he laughs at her by saying that, obviously, she would have done so already if she had actually meant to use the heart at all which fair point he, she hasn't used it yet even though it's like you could know, kind of at least rationalize that she wouldn't use it while Catra's here but like yeah he obviously doesn't think that like Catra actually matters much to her so he would be like <laughs> oh yeah you would definitely need like a writer to blow me up but you haven't so yeah <laughs> and yeah that's when he basically explains that he moves his consciousness across his clones to live forever and he also takes time to like just a little bit gloat about having crushed the first ones in the past so 
I guess all the other first ones are dead, more or less, even though I don't really exactly know how Adora's parents would have survived long enough to have her, just like 18 years ago, for her to be portaled out. I guess they were just uh, leaving a secret well, somewhere. He doesn't say how long in the past he destroyed their empire. True, so. but like, I guess, I guess it's because, like, I mean, they would have been in, like, the greater universe overall and not in this bando, so I guess we also really yeah. don't know how, like, yeah, we don't know how often, how like late ago that was when that happened. I guess. Yeah, I mean the real because the first ones built the heart of Etheria specifically to fight Prime. That's why they made the thing in the first place. So without that weapon, the question is, how do they survive another nine hundred and eighty years to have a Dora? You know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, it could have been like maybe it was like even just like thirty or forty something years ago, and like there were just a few survivors somewhere that like lived long enough to basically have Adora, and then she got warped away to continue yeah. the genocide plan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. The last surviving child of the species. The only hope. The genetic template from which they were going to clone <laughs> the rest of themselves. <laughs> and fire a genocide laser. <laughs> yes, uh, but basically back over the others, as Bo deals with the two clones, trapped in those is that one of the clones is basically in a pod but being restrained rather than like seemingly like asleep like the others and she thinks that it's Tordak and shows him the data disc that she had created to power his old exoskeleton but he just ends up lashing out at her as a loyal clone instead of actually being Hordak only for Bo to basically just straight up shoot him with a stun arrow right in the chest and sever his connection to the hive mind <laughs> and <laughs> this, this poor guy has a panic attack over not being connected to Prime and not being able to have Prime like see its thoughts and everything and when Bo assures him that they'll tell Prime of his worthiness, because he thinks that he's not of any use to Prime if he's not, not connected and all, he begs to go with them in a trap to ask if they could keep him, because they basically broke him, and also he can open doors. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, like, in my notes, I actually refer to this guy as Hordak. Actually, it seems like this actually is not Hordak, because we feel like we actually see Hordak proper in the final shot of the episode. But I, I, kept, I kept calling him Hordak because, like, even though they call him not Hordak, I also thought he was Hordak, and they just weren't aware. But, yeah, no, apparently I was wrong. He's not. He's just a dude. Uh, uh, I don't... It's he, a little weird. Cause like, not Hordak is Hordak. I don't know what the other dude you're talking about is about. <laughs> because, like, at the end of the episode, another one finds that data disc and says in Chapter's name. So, like, I thought that that was Hordak. That, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Because like, uh, I mean, unless the clones actually like found out about Chapter Three, the other one, like Hordak, being reconnected to the hive mind, even though I thought his memory was wiped and all, like unless that's how they found out. But I'm pretty sure that guy's supposed to be Hordak and not this one, right? Okay. Yes, you're correct. It's there is an element to this story that I completely yeah, forgot it's, about. It's confusing because like, not Hordak definitely does talk in the like Hordak kind of version of Prime's voice. Even though he's not actually Hordak Hordak. Yeah. <laughs> he's just another guy, I guess, who for some reason acts like Hordak, but is not actually Hordak. It's confusing, and yeah, that... if I had watched this show more recently than five years ago, I would remember that. Yeah, I mean, like, that's exactly why I refer to him as Hordak in the rest of my notes. And I'll probably still say that just because I'm going to slip up, but it's like, no, whenever I say Hordak, I'm referring to not Hordak. <laughs> the guy following them. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Uh, yes, as they do that, Glimmer finds uh, the cell, but it's empty, and still can't reach anyone via their headsets, because I guess when uh, Bo and the chapter got attacked, I guess it just basically broke their Bluetooth connection, I guess, for some reason. It's weird. Nobody can talk to each other anymore for some reason. 
But Prime continues to say to Dora that the first ones made Dora their weapon. And that's exactly the only reason why she exists, but she just tries to refute this by saying she fights for her friends and not for being a murder weapon, I guess. <laughs> and at that, Catra's brought before Adora, and she has the, the like green eyes of all the clones and stuff, which freaks Adora out, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but we jump back over to entrap the bow and not Hordak. And not Hordak doesn't really quite know the way around the ship since he's cut off from the hive mind, so I guess that's how they have like a shared... like. They have their like their video game HUD map, I guess, in their vision. But since he's cut off, he can't see it or whatever. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because they end up finding the server room anyway, just because they're lucky. <laughs> it's a it's a little bit weird that they bring it up of like I don't know where I am, but they open up the next door next to them. And it's like oh well, here we are. Okay, doesn't matter. <laughs> he 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 uh, he doesn't have his uh his iris anymore from Xenoblade Three, unfortunately, because he he got uh, Ouroboros powers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they can still open it up to look at their map, they don't get their normal like calls or anything like that when, after that happens. <laughs> That's like one of the probably the fucked up things the, the most in Zelda Victor that they never talk about. The fact that everybody has like a cybernetic eye implant that they can like receive calls on and see like HUD and like <laughs> the overall map and stuff through that. Like all the menus in that game are implied to be them looking at their fucking stats and stuff in <laughs> their eye's mind or whatever. Uh yeah, it turns out the Zelda game's all kind of fucked up in a way. <laughs> yes. Uh, back over with Adora and Prime, he says that he made Catra anew, and apparently also just straight up decided to give her a very lesbian haircut in the process. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. like, yes, you do. Yeah, because Catra doesn't have her long hair anymore, she just has like a little pixie cut. <laughs> I will say, mm -hmm. it's very funny to me that despite his insistence on uniformity and conformity, he did take the time to make a special uniform for Catra with the bare feet still. Yeah, yeah, Catra <laughs> just never gets shoes, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess when you induct her into the hive mind, you get her hate of those, but still. <laughs> I suppose. I guess I would also expect that, like, if he was, like, actually trying to, like, fully, like, uh, bring her into the hive mind, that he would have just shaved her head bald, I guess, rather than just give her a haircut. But, well, the primes have hair. I, I guess they do, but, like, yeah, I, I guess for some reason I was expecting that, like, since she's not, like, a full prime, that she wouldn't get that special treatment. But she's still got a haircut, at least. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, this catcher also says that she finally knows peace after Adora just fully broke her, which, uh, kind of fair, but also you decided to stay with the fascist organization, Catra, so that's kind of also on you, in a sense. <laughs> you didn't decide to leave for your own benefit, you decided to stay, so, kind of on you, kind of on Adora, eh, both parties are wrong, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but Prime offers Adora that he'll give Katra to her, but only if she gives him She-Ra, and when she refuses, he kind of causes, like, I guess the closest I can describe this is as, like, an A&P, basically, that, like, disables the, like, headset that Adora has, and it transfers to everybody else for some reason, it basically, like, causes, like, a bit of, like, a, I guess, like, a weird, like, uh, like, screaming sensation, because it basically, like, causes everybody else to, like, fall over and, like, be, like, disabled a bit. Not really sure exactly how this works or whatever, but he does. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, basically, like, clones approach all the other groups because they're all, like, just knocked out, more or less, or at least on the ground. And he says that Adora has basically done nothing but lead her friends to her to their end. But at this, Catra's eyes temporarily change back to her usual colors as she's, like, noticing that Adora is kind of fucked at this point. <laughs> And this Prime also decides to do a dumb and leaves Adora and Catra alone until she's ready to make a deal rather than stand here and like just end Adora or something useful or just restrain her. 
But no, he decides to do the dumb thing that villains always do of leave her alone. <laughs> and as this goes on, uh, Glimmer... Well, I mean, she's not really alone, because he's Catra also, so... I guess. Yeah, that's true. I guess in a sense. But yeah, as this is going on, uh, I kind of skipped over this, but Glimmer basically like had snuck out of the jail cell and into the Prime's uh, like trophy room that he showed her a few episodes ago. And while she's in there with some clones looking for her, she just grabs, like, a weapon and just starts beating the shit out of them. <laughs> like, she straight up get, grabs, like, a spear or, like, a halberd or something. She is going for blood here, basically. She is not just trying to knock these guys out. <laughs> as, yeah, you're as, not kidding. Yeah, as, as we see later on when they're, like, in the server room and she's just, like, beating the shit out of one guy with, like, the blade side, more or less. It's like, yeah, no, she is just carving into this one guy, just making sure he's dead dead. <laughs> uh... But yes, uh, da -da, but yeah, uh, like basically like the uh, like subjugated version of Catra also at this point goes and attacks Adora, and when Adora says that she doesn't want to hurt her, she responds that she has already been hurt by her, and Catra tries to like basically willingly jump off the ledge because she's just being controlled by Prime entirely, and but Adora grabs her, like trying to save her, only to be really hurt by being slashed in the back and instead being held on the ledge herself. Because, of course, this happened to Dora. <laughs> you knew this would happen entirely when you did this. Yeah, for sure. Yep. But uh, over with Bo and Entrapta, Entrapta basically has taken a long time to decode the system and says it's going to take way longer than she thought. But Bo and Not Hordak are basically holding off the other clones long enough with, like, Not Hordak. Basically, he's, like, convinced that Bo and the others are serving Horde Prime and that attacking them is going against Horde Prime's wishes, so that's why he's just also helping to beat the shit out of the other clones. Just, like, fucking, like, throws one of those dudes just off into the distance and all. So, like, this, this is also especially why I thought this was, like, proper Horde act because he was actually kind of choosing to fight back, in a sense, but using, like, his little, like, Prime logic to argue that they need to help and everything, but, like, I don't understand entirely <laughs> why. They tried to do this whole thing, and then it turns out not actually being Hordak at all. This is very confusing. But as they're doing that, Glimmer shows up to basically help, but the clones just keep coming along. And since Glimmer says that they don't have time to really hack into the server room to find the information, they can at least help slow Prime down by just blowing up the server room, which he just does by stabbing that little, like, halberd thing she has into the control system to blow it all up. Which I don't know how that really works, considering she just would have, like, fucked up the terminal, but no, everything blows up instead. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's also when she's, like, saying we don't have time. That's when she's just straight up hacking into a dude, like, just repeatedly. <laughs> just... <laughs> Carving into this man's shoulder again and again. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I mean, hey, Glimmer might not want to do genocide anymore, but she still has a bit of a bloodlust to her at this point. Oh, yeah, she's always been the murder princess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, going back to Dora and Catra, uh, Catra Prime basically says that he might go ahead and make Catra his new vessel. And this pisses off Adora to the point where she basically smacks uh, Catra Prime into like the screen array that Horde has that uh, Horde Prime has behind his like tro his uh, throne room kind of deal. And yeah, like I thought these were holograms. That's but apparently what I thought. They are just freestanding yeah, no, LCD were, screens. I was pretty sure they were holograms too, but no, apparently they're just floating monitors basically. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this causes the little control chip on the back of uh, Catra's neck to short out a bit because she gets get slammed right into that. And she get, regains her sense of self for a bit and basically just tells Adora again that she doesn't matter. And as she flickers between Prime's control and her own, Adora asks if she's going to listen to Prime after a lifetime of not ever listening to anybody. Which, fair point. Catra's always on her own thing. Why would she start listening to somebody now? 
And then Prime takes control of her to make her jump off the ledge, but Adora jumps after her, and neither of these two just immediately fucking die or break their legs upon landing, because they're just kind of fine. <laughs> but, uh, like, Adora comes to, and she can, like, kind of just even barely walk, but she, like, she at least got somewhat hurt, but Katra got more fucked up in the fall, but they're both still alive, is the thing. They fell who knows how far, and they are not just immediately dead. They, they, uh, I guess they have, like, a slight different version of Fall, so they don't just immediately take, uh, killing fall damage like you would in, like, a Dark Souls game from falling more than ten feet. <laughs> that's one of the things that's, like, the most weird about Elden Ring, because, like, you can actually take, like, a good amount of a fall and not die immediately, like in Dark Souls. But, I mean, it also makes sense, because there's more, like, exploration than, like, actually having a proper jump button, so I guess they had to change it. But, yes, uh... Yeah, uh, at that point, uh, as Adora's holding Katra, more clones arrive and ask her in Prime's voice if she's ready to cooperate. And Adora basically says, just says, fuck you, and like, fuck properly activates her Shiron magic from the last episode, summons a brand new sword and new outfit and all, and just fucks up all these clones entirely while Prime watches on screens from afar. <laughs> I, I thought that it was going to be way longer into the ser into season 5 when she got back her Shiron powers and not episode 5, yeah. but I guess I was wrong. <laughs> Like, yeah, this is very, um, I don't know if you remember, but in like the first, I want to say the second and third episode, the first couple of times she turned into She-Ra, she was very, um, it was weird, right? It was almost like a Hulk form. She didn't seem to have a lot of control over it. Yeah. It was just She-Ra acting regardless of her. And even I think the first time she didn't even remember doing it. Yeah. And that's what it feels like here, except she's talking also. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, like she's not acting like Adora. <laughs> nah, but like I also I knew that this happened because I definitely seen fade out of her in this different outfit with the different sword and all. Because yeah. like nothing ever stays a spoiler for long on the internet. <laughs> there was fan art of this like pretty quickly back in twenty twenty, but it's like it's like it's still just like a uh, a thing that I thought was gonna be like more like maybe like this would be like the stinger scene of like the second to last episode and like she would spend all this time oh, with yeah, Zero no. and like the final episode, not in episode five of thirteen of the final season. But <laughs> she's like, Yep, I'm back. <laughs> so Well yeah, she has to unlock her super saiyan powers. <laughs> I guess. But she didn't spend much time uh depowered. Like I guess I thought that there would be like a longer strength of time like of her like being like, Oh, I don't have Shira powers anymore. I need to be like more like uh creative with my approach with dealing with the stuff instead of just like nah you really just had to deal with like one fight without your powers and then you got them back as soon as you went to space <laughs> <laughs> oh well <laughs> but yeah uh though glimmer and chapter and not hordak are surrounded by clones and the chapter says that she has a way for them to get out as long as they promise not to be mad that she modified the ship a lot <laughs> only for her to basically just call darla in who just rams herself into the corridor to their rescue I thought that this was going to be, like, she would have revealed that she, like, installed, like, a bunch of, like, laser guns on the Darla and she would have just shown up just, like, blasting them or something. But this is actually not as much as I thought that her... Like, she she seems like she's, like, very concerned about them, like, being annoyed that she made a bunch of modifications. Meanwhile, it's just to make the ship ram to, into to the corridor and get to her, as opposed to just doing something crazy. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Uh, but, like, while they're there, like, Bo says that they have to go back for Adora, but she shows up, like, right behind them at that very moment, carrying Katra. And Adora gets Katra the bow as she, like, goes and hoards off, ah, well, not the hoards off, holds off even more clones. 
And aboard the ship, Darla said that the hull has been compromised because, you know, Catra- and Cat- ah, why do I keep fucking up names and getting them mixed up? Entrapta, <laughs> turns out when you have every fucking female character besides Glimmer have A at the end of their name, it's very easy to mix them up by accident. But yeah, uh, Entrapta <laughs> had her basically just slam into the corridor, so I guess that it made the whole integrity be very compromised on the ship. And Darla does, says that space travel is not recommended, but Adora basically gets recognized as the administrator and just tells Darla to get them out of there really quick. <laughs> so I guess they're just going to risk it and hope that they don't get depressurized and die. And while they're escaping, Adora uses her healing magic on Katja, who barely is able to wake up, and of course naturally says her catchphrase as a two hug. Because why would she ever yeah, yeah. why would she ever take the opportunity to not say hey Adora at this point? <laughs> Even when she's near death and being like I mean, there's only so many times you come back from being brainwashed into being an evil old dude. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I, guess. I can't believe they sent Catra to conversion therapy. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> hey, I mean I remember we mentioned that way back in the first episode of Barrel House where the reality camp seemed very much like it would be a conversion camp and fortunately that wasn't this definitely reads a lot more like it, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. but this is when the episode ends on that scene I mentioned earlier. Uh, one of the clones finding Hordak's data disc in the rubble, because I guess Entrapta dropped it. And he recognizes it as Entrapta's work, revealing that he's the actual Hordak and not not Hordak, as Bo kept calling him. So, yeah. It's it's still just very strange that they like introduced this clone that seemed like it's going to very much be Hordak. And then at the very end, they're like, nah, that's actually just a random clone. This is actually Hordak. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, like pretty action-packed episode, just because a lot of shit's happening. That I also, w- I also knew that like at some point they rescued Catcher, but I also thought that would again be like way later in the season and not episode five. So, yeah. I don't know honestly what the rest of the season's gonna be if they already did that. Already got Shira powers back. Nope. Curious to see. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that would be a hard reset if we weren't expecting her to get her powers. Yeah. <laughs> and also rescue her cat girlfriend in the same episode. Well, yeah, she needed the cat girlfriend because it's like, if she didn't rescue Catra until the, the second to last episode, then there's no time for a redemption arc. We gotta speedrun this yeah, Yuko thing I, here. I guess. Although, like, I mean, like, again, like, where we left off last episode when, like, Catra got Glimmer out at the sake of her own safety... Like, I thought that that was, like, okay, they're gonna, like, that's at least them, like, establishing that, like, yeah, Katra is not as bad as she has been. Like, she's not as much of a shithead. And, like, maybe they would just kind of gloss over that stuff when they did rescue her near the end of the season. But I guess they're gonna actually show it on screen, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, I guess that's, there's nothing else I really have in the episode besides that, but that's how I always go whenever it's the episode I cover. <laughs> uh, I mean, do we have any 80s stuff? Because I do have well, some trivia. yeah. So, just real quick before we get into that, this is like the seminal episode of She-Ra. This is what they, Envy was fighting for the whole time. I did see and... that in the trivia for the episode, yeah, that, like, apparently the, yeah. the cat premise is something that they wanted to do a lot. Yeah, they had to really fight and build to this, because, the, 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 as always, the Netflix execs did not want to let this happen, but they yeah. made it work. Well, so. I mean, how many times have we seen the last, like, year or so in particular that Netflix has been trying to kill off queer shows, so, like, of course it makes sense they would want to do this with one that released back in 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. So, it's, uh, it is what it is. 
but yeah, to the 80s. Um, the only real characters we have today are, perhaps unsurprisingly, the Star Siblings, who I'm going to refer to as the Star Sisters a lot, because that's who they were back in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, retroactive referencing is difficult sometimes. It varies from person to person. <laughs> gotta, gotta say, a uh, bad look on the on the fact of the uh, uh, she wiki uh, saying that, oh, they are called the Star Siblings in this, but they were always historically called the Star Sisters in the original show. This is maybe a mistake on these parts. Like, no, that was an intentional choice because one of them is no longer, is not a girl. Yeah. <laughs> one of them yeah. transitioned assholes. That's why they're the Star Siblings in this. You can fit two into the other. <laughs> Conser- considering that the wiki article for, star- for Jewel Stars says... That they're trans mask and they're voiced by a trans character, uh, trans uh, voice actor and all. So it's like you know mm-hmm. this, yeah. but you don't put two and two together for their title. <laughs> so, whatever. Uh, Wikias are always kind of just dog shit. <laughs> they tend to be, yes. Um, so basically, the Star Sisters deal is that, and this isn't super well explained, but uh, uh, ancient times, long, long ago, a sorceress was jealous of them because they were so beautiful. And so she cursed them to be trapped in a shooting star. <laughs> As you do. And yeah, yeah, you know. And then that shooting star just kind of drifted through space forever until it smashed into Etheria. And then it got buried in a mountain for a thousand years. <laughs> because they also, didn't you do. break the curse by not being in space. They were just stuck in place. <laughs> Uh, so then one day, Adora is riding around on swift wind, and uh, I guess there were heavy rains because it uncovered the prison. And, oh, there was, uh, there was a David Cage game? <laughs> something like that. And so she had the press he... next to Jason, and that's how she found them. <laughs> the uh, so Swifty stepped on game. the jewel prison and uh, woke up the sisters, and they begged to be let out, and Adora did. And, you know, that's that's pretty much the size of it. They become members of the Rebellion, but, like, eh. So they basically matter as much in the original she as they do in this, which is to say they show up, like, once and never again? More or less, yeah. <laughs> um, I've posted an image in our chat. Uh, these, they look very different, you'll note, I'm sure. Uh... Like I presume, Jewel Star is the one that has like the the crystal pauldrons. At least that still translates over to the like more modern show. Uh, yes, and... Jewel Star's magic power is that she can create uh, crystal armor, and yeah. she does not share that with anyone. It's it... just for herself. And even uh, even the uh, Tall Star definitely has like the different like looking arm. Like that looks more just like it's clothing rather than like mechanical yeah. arms. But yeah, I can I can see where they like, got to the uh, modern designs based on these. Yeah, uh, Tall Star's deal in this edition is that uh, she has Mr. Fantastic powers. She can stretch, oh, okay. but only to be really tall. She can't like extend her arms out oh. wobbly. <laughs> yeah, a bit limited. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, there's not a whole lot going on, if I'm honest here. I assume uh, Starla's is still the same as just having a bird, because there's a bird in this uh, picture. Starla does indeed have a bird. The name in this version is Glory Bird and not Glory. So I guess they simplified that name of all of them. Yeah, I don't know I, I why. Mean, well, calling an animal, like calling a pet Glory instead of Glory Bird, is a little like it rolls off the tongue easier than saying Glory Bird. Do this. <laughs> I guess, but if, if as much as they stuck to the dedication with the names in this show, I don't know why that's the one they changed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so she and Glory Bird have like a psychic thing. They can sense danger together, and also she can cast light element spells. Yeah, she's a ranger. <laughs> she's a yeah, basically. Beast, beast keeper conclave ranger. Yeah. Or, or maybe just like maybe like a hexblade or like a yeah hexblade that has back to the chain. I guess not even necessarily hexblade, just like any warlock with back to the chain. So she has like the better familiar rather than just like the general list. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm about to send you an image. This is how they appeared in the actual show and not the poster, which it, it ain't a great look. I'm gonna be real. Uh, their designs do not translate super well. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Jewel Star has got something really wild going on with her head there. I don't know what that is. <laughs> and they all have the same face. It's kind of freaky. Yeah, now you say Yeah, now you say that they do definitely have the same face. Like, the only difference is that, like, Jewel Star's, like, lipstick is, like, a little different. But that might just be more the cur- like the curvature of her mouth rather than yeah. the lipstick itself. But yeah, yeah they, they, exactly. they all straight up do just have the same fucking face. Jeez, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, uh, the toys. Which, which they all are actually weapon. pretty good. Yeah, they, they look alright. They all kind of just have the same weapon and all. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're siblings in an 80s cartoon. Of course they have the same weapon. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's that's what I got for you today. Okay. Well, for once, I actually also have stuff, because there's not only new characters, but actually a little bit of trivia for one of these episodes. It's a minor thing, but it's there. Uh, I'll just start <laughs> with that, because it's uh, pretty small. Apparently, the title Save the Cat was a temporary joke name that just never got changed, so it just stuck. <laughs> this is a little <laughs> funny thing, because like, it's, like, it's part of that like trope of like if you see the hero save a cat in like, their establishing shot, you know that this is a person you can trust all the time. I guess that's why it was there as that joke title, but it just stuck <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. They just didn't change it, and it's like, well, I guess we'll just go with that. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, but yes, because we actually have characters that are brand new, there are some voice actors. Some of them not as prominent, but one is pretty noticeable. But uh, Starla is voiced by Melissa Fumero, who also, I believe, played herself in I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell, or at least she played the character also named Melissa, so I assume it was just playing <laughs> herself. Uh, she was also Amy Santiago in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, Adriana Kramer in One Life to Live, and apparently will be voicing some character in the 2023 Velma show. It doesn't list who, but yeah, apparently she's been like signed on for that to voice a character. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go out of order from what I have here, just because the Tall Star's voice actress is the most noticeable. But Jewel Star is voiced by Alex Blue Davis, who played Dr. Casey Parker in the 2017-2020 to run of Grey's Anatomy, as well as some, like, 2018 webisodes. And like I said earlier, it's also trans, much like Jewel Star. That's basically, mm-hmm. like, his only, like, actual, like, real credit. <laughs> There's not much else in there. But Tallstar is a big one because she is voiced by Ashley Eckstein, best known for voicing Ahsoka Tano in basically everything except the shitty turf who played her in Mando Season 2. Like every other instance of Ahsoka from like video games to even like her little cameo at the end of Rise of Skywalker is all voiced by her. And she also apparently <laughs> played a occasional recurring character named Muffy on That's So Raven. But I didn't see anything else in there besides that in terms of like... That basically Ahsoka is like her whole like role. Nothing else is really listed besides that little cameo appearance sometimes in Death's a Raven. So yeah, I definitely did not notice that that was Ahsoka's voice actress, but also I've only watched a little bit of Clone Wars, so I don't honestly recognize Ahsoka's voice that much. I assure you, I have watched all of Clone Wars and all of Rebels, and I did not recognize her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I feel like as Ahsoka, she probably plays like a slightly younger sounding character, because like Ahsoka's like, what, like 15 or 16 in, when she's first introduced or something like that? Oh, she's younger than that. She starts at like 12. Oh, is she? Uh, I'm looking at Ahsoka at the moment. Uh, da -da -da. Uh, apparently at one point she died in 20 years before the Battle of Yavin, but was re resurrected because Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, since he was born 36 years before the Battle of Yavin, so there's like a 19-year time skip between episodes five, uh, three and four, roughly, because like Luke mm -hmm. is like 19. Yeah. And there's like a five-year time skip between episodes two and three, so mm -hmm. that would put that at like 24 before Battle of Yavin. So I guess yeah, that kind of tracks if she's like 12 around the time when. Uh, episode 2 finishes up when she becomes Anakin's Padawan. So I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. That, that kind of tracks, yeah. I didn't... Because, like, again, like, I only watched, like, maybe, like, the, the first, like, seven or eight episodes of that, like, back in the first season. She didn't strike me as that young. Like, he's definitely younger than Anakin, but also, like, Anakin at that point is, uh, like... Apparently she was 14 when she was apprenticed to Anakin, so I was a little off. Okay. Well, it's, I mean, it might be, like, that's, like, two years into the Clone Wars between episodes 2 and 3 when... She's introduced, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's still like a like I mean like by that point Anakin's like uh it's nineteen at the end of episode two, so like he'd be like twenty one when the Sokka's introduced at fourteen. So like, I guess that tracks in terms of like how what their age difference looks. But I also didn't like didn't think that she was like you know that young, but also like she she definitely struck me as more like maybe around like Glimmer's age of like sixteen or so. But I guess that's fourteen's not that much younger. Yeah, I really thought she was younger because she is meant to be a child when yeah. she first shows yeah, up. Yeah, like she, she she looks like way younger, and she also acts like you know the kind of hothead kid kind of character. Like I mean, like a lot of like what Anakin is, but like she yeah, at least like grows up on like Anakin, <laughs> who only really yeah. grows up when he gets fucked up and has all his limbs, but it's kind of one hacked off. <laughs> Again, <laughs> kind of fucked up, Obi Wan. Could have aimed somewhere else. Could have just stabbed that fucker in the heart and just ended it. But no. <laughs> You cut off all his limbs and let him die, or let him just sit there to be consumed in lava a bit. <laughs> Can't even bring yeah. it to you, bring it to yourself to cut his head off or anything, or just stab him in the heart. <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that you're, yeah. now you're saying that she was like 14, the fact that like in her initial appearance she mostly just has like a uh, like a little like jacket with just like a like. Uh, like what you call it? like one of those like like strapless bras or whatever on it's like her top it's like that's that's definitely stranger now not even that dude <laughs> that that girl is not wearing a jacket that is just oh uh, oh no that, right that, that that's her uh that's her head tentacles right i was looking at it that weird angle yeah <laughs> right. it's like one of those uh bras that don't have any straps like the tube top style bra yeah. that's what that is i was thinking of the uh which called the like the the japanese binding thing Whatever those things are called, mm. Sarashi or something like that. Like that's funny. Kind of looks like it to me there, but it's like, yeah, the fact that you're saying she's 14, it's like that's that's too young to have just that as your only form of clothing on your torso. Yeah, no, she's got her uh, she's got her slide-on bra and she's got her mini skirt, and that's <laughs> and well, she's also got glo like long gloves and also tall boots. <laughs> but I will it. give her this. She's wearing leggings under the mini skirt, so it's not a lost cause. True, but <laughs> true, yeah. I mean, she does have those white mini skirts because it's it's easy to tell because like she has like that like reddish orange skin. Yeah, yeah. 
At least she at least she gets a little bit more sensible in fashion when she gets a little older and actually wears like a proper shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as she gets older, she gets really into dresses. So, hey, I mean, uh, I mean, as you do, I did the same. <laughs> You'll notice that the seventeen-year-old version definitely has a boob window. So, <laughs> yep, oh yeah, no, you pointed that out. I didn't see it before, but yep. I was like, okay, it can't be the one on the right, because that looks more like 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 early twenty year old Ahsoka kind of deal. And then like, so it's like, oh, it's got to be the other one. Oh, yep, <laughs> Def- <laughs> definitely Titty Widow. Again, at least more sensible than she was when she was fourteen, but still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, <laughs> like, like again, I know people like like Ahsoka as a role as a whole, and like. I, I always found it to be like I guess like prop, like my proper introduction to that was like back when I used to teach in Japan like we used to occasionally have like like every time that after like the main like vocabulary and practice was done we had like an activity thing where a lot of it was just like kind of like just like free time like play with Legos or occasionally take them to the park and stuff before it got too cold in the winter yeah but like one of them was like we occasionally had like movie day and everything and one of them was in particular uh the Clone Wars we had <laughs> there the original, <laughs> like the movie one the uh, one of the schools that I was training at they actually had like Pokemon 2000 <laughs> so like with that I was mostly spending time talking to the kids about like the English names of like Pokemon because like I mean, yeah. Pikachu is Pikachu because it's just Pikachu and both but like I was talking to them about like oh yeah in America we call him Charizard because uh <laughs> I know he's lizard done in Japanese yeah yeah but like I was talking to them about that but like during like the bit when I was watching Clone Wars I was like None of this actually trying to like kind of make sense. Actually, this is actually kind of a bad battle strategy they're using. And also, why would they why would they give Anakin this idiot dumbass uh, Padawan because he's a fucking dumb piece of shit? But like, I don't know. When I actually like properly watched the show a bit, it's like okay, I can kind of understand why they would do this because they're trying to get Anakin to mellow the fuck out a bit. And especially <laughs> after having gone off of his like whole like murder spree of the Tusken Raiders earlier on. But like, yeah, no, I, I know people like Ahsoka. I just. For some reason, I think it's just because Clone Wars obviously is like geared towards a younger audience. I just didn't stick with it. Well, all right. So Ahsoka is probably one of my favorite characters in Star Wars, just from the arc she has. Mm-hmm. But a lot of Clone Wars is, and this is important, not very good. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I, it finally gets going, like in the last two or three seasons. It's really fantastic, but a huge majority of that show is not worth watching. Yeah, because it's like. Four, five, or six seasons long, something like that. Uh, seven, I believe. Oh dang, that actually went longer than I thought. But yeah, like I definitely kind of got that sense early on because I also used to listen to uh, Austin Walker's Star Wars podcast where like they jumped into covering the Clone Wars uh, TV show between. Uh... At some point, they actually stopped and did go do episode three because they were trying to do in like chronological order. So that's why they started <laughs> with like the prequels and then they stopped do clone wars but then they at some point they did episode three because they were like it'd be fun for us to like finish clone wars then come back to episode three to see if it like, changes our perception of some of this stuff because like obviously yeah. obviously ahsoka is not in that at all because reasons i think i saw at one point that there actually is like a in-universe explanation of why she's not present during that and like actually the near the uh, end yes it's because she's not a jedi anymore <laughs> oh okay yeah that makes sense because I thought I saw something about, like, how she, like, the one of those, like, some of those last episodes are, like, during Jedi Purge, and it's from her perspective, more or less. Um, yeah, so at the end of season six, which is where the series ended for a very long time, uh, she 
quit the Jedi Order because there was a murder and she was falsely accused of it. And she broke out of the jail to go solve the murder herself because that's how you always do it. Yeah, exactly. And she did it. She figured it out. And it was a different Jedi. But uh, when the council offered to reinstate her and like give her full honors and all that, she said, no, obviously not. I cannot be a part of an organization that would believe I would do a thing like this. I quit the ends. Yeah. I and mean, so, hey, fair. She is right. The Jedi suck. <laughs> yeah. Again, like, going back her to whole our arc is figuring out that the Jedi are bad, and this her being falsely accused thing is just like the final nail in the coffin of figuring yeah. that out. Yeah, pretty much like the catalyst of her being like, "All right, fuck it." <laughs> yeah, so she leaves the order, and then we have some question marks for a while until season seven comes out and we reveal how she escaped and got out of the order, and you know. uh Went and uh, was a lesbian for a little while, like you do. <laughs> Everybody has that phase. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you leave the, the shitty uh, controlling organ- like group that you used to be a part of as a teenager back when you thought it was cool and before you wisened up, and then you know, you'd kind of roam about for a while and kiss some ladies. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> like, it's the number one thing to do when you leave your oppressive religious organization. Yeah, kiss girls. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then um, Erica's T-shirt of "Kiss More Girls" uh, is definitely uh, my little slip by. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, the, Erica. Uh, the... I think you're listening to this because I think you're lo- uh, watching Shira at the moment, but you have to like catch up to where we are. Uh, <laughs> hello, hello from the past. From <laughs> whenever you listen to this. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, we get the novel Ahsoka, which is like her intermediary points and teaches us how she gets those white lightsabers. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, uh, Star Wars Rebels is the next time we see her because she's just absent from the original trilogy entirely. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Rebels takes place bef- uh, still before Mandalorian, right? Yeah. Rebels is weird. Rebels takes place before the main trilogy, but also after it, but uh... also at the same time as it but also super before it's <laughs> so, i'm gonna so level with you there's only a couple of instances of real-time travel in star wars and rebels is one of them oh, so cool. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i mean yeah it's like i mean like i said before apparently let's get that at one point and got resurrected so you saying that they introduced time travel to star wars in the same series that can bring back the dead which we also see in like right skywalker like okay yeah that doesn't surprise me <laughs> yeah uh the thing that it, it was a time travel thing that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> except it was just like a magic force wolf that brought her back it's so oh, weird yeah okay well i think i think i have heard about the force wolf before <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. don't know where but i think i heard the term force wolf at some point or other <laughs> uh, yeah rebels Rebels is an interesting series, and it gets really weird and meta in frustrating and unexplained ways. <laughs> hey, at least, at least, Force Wolf sounds less dumb than the Force's living organisms inside your blood that can also decide to get some random lady pregnant <laughs> to have a kid who's supposed to be the savior of the Force. Because <laughs> that is that is actually legitimately Anakin's origin story, right? There literally was no dad. <laughs> it's kind of implied that Palpatine manipulated the Force to create his perfect apprentice somewhere. 
without actually knowing where that was going to oh, be. Oh, right. I think I also heard that, yeah. And then I heard, and I think people were theorizing that he just did that repeatedly. It was like, I'm just going to shoot it all out there and see what happens and what comes back. <laughs> Some joke like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's like an approved official thing. That's right. just like implications. Yeah, but like his his mom definitely does say in like episode one, the Qui-Gon, that there was no dad. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, Shmi Skywalker, you never like considered what was going on there. Do you do you think do you think that just like the the twerk exists, the space stork, or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that uh, yeah, some of the dumbest shit in that prequel series. <laughs> like, oh, you just have a lot of good uh, like little microorganisms in you that make you really good about this stuff. <laughs> I mean. I get it. It's a neat idea. I don't think it was explained well, and I'm not super sure it should have been explained, because it's magic. It's space magic. It yeah, doesn't need like, to be anything else. Yeah, you don't need to be like, it's like an inherent thing that is in your blood. It's just literally space magic. <laughs> like, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, like, I get why you would want to do something like that. I mean, another series, I think it could have been neat, but in Lucas's no one's editing me star wars phase yeah. it was <laughs> uh it, it's still kind of surprising that disney hasn't gone back and like re-released the original cut of the original trilogy without all the george lucas bullshit edited in um all right so conspiracy theory time yeah well the thing is the first couple of those movies were edited by his ex-wife so the conspiracy theory is he re-edited them and recut them specifically so that she wouldn't be on the editing bill and wouldn't get residuals from the uh, future movies. That's a bummer. Like that's not confirmed, but that's the conspiracy theory about it. Con considering and the stuff, that's... yeah, considering the stuff that he got up to in that whole phase when he was doing the prequels, it's like, yeah, I believe that if that was actually what happened. Yeah. And like obviously Disney holds the reins now, but yeah. it's very possible that his agreement wouldn't cover her like they don't want to have to go back and cut her in you know yeah i do know that there are at least like a number of people out there who have actually gone and like digitally reconstructed those original versions and they're out there yeah. on the internet somewhere they absolutely are yeah to get rid of that dumb shit like the uh the weird like alien lady singing with the three tits in Empire strikes back uh six thank you six. Yeah. <laughs> shows how long it's been since i've actually seen the original trilogy actually I know, right? <laughs> I honestly don't remember uh, a lot of the other stuff in that that they added in, besides like the shot of like Naboo with the quag with the uh, the Gungans at the end celebrating, and, and also uh, the shot of the specialized edition. Yeah. If anyone's interested, yeah. Because honestly, it's again, I don't... H A R M Y. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember anything else that they added in besides those few celebration shots, and also like obviously also like making uh, old man force ghost Anakin into Hayden Christensen. <laughs> Uh, the Jabba scene in New Hope. <laughs> oh right, yeah. When uh, when uh, Han steps on his tail, right? Yep. Yeah, right. I forgot that that was added in too. <laughs> yeah, that that weird like uh, bit where they like just digitally raise Han Solo up because he wasn't actually standing on anything because obviously that scene didn't exist back then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the scene existed. That's the problem. Because in the first movie, when that scene was there, Jabba the Hutt was just a dude. He was a human. Oh. The Hutt was like a title. 
So when they reintroduced that scene, they had to re like they had to create that Jabba and put him in there. And the reason he steps on Jabba's tail is because he needs to cross in front of where the human is, but the hut is in the way, so he has right. to step on the tail to make that move. Gotcha. Yeah, that's dumb. And that's <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't fit anything with the the dynamic of the characters or who should be there and who shouldn't but because it's a big snake or a big worm guy instead of a man in a fur coat he has to now that you link that picture i do remember that guy (laughs) again like this would have been like god how long ago before they did those edits i mean i was like yeah that's like 77 star wars this is the first thing they cut out like uh episode one released in 99 right I think it was. I'm oh pre- yeah, pretty sure something like, like that. Yeah, so I was like eleven. So like, yeah, like the last time I would have seen this original version before they started going back and fucking with that stuff because George Lucas wanted it. Would have only been when I was like maybe like seven or eight, maybe <laughs> when I last had seen this. Yeah. God, it's weird to think about that. It's been so long that most people haven't actually really seen the original cut and have only seen the George yeah. Lucas edits. <laughs> Plus, of course, the whole Han shot first debacle. Yeah, he. he I mean, it was Han. He did. <laughs> <laughs> McClunky. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Why does this always happen? <laughs> because we're dealing with a series that's about like space stuff, technically, and now it is more so about space ever since they got out of the weird magic dimension. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Literally the Horde, for the most part, have been like these people from space. Or at least Hordak was, and like it had space tech and stuff, so it's like, it always kind of comes around to that in the end. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, so wild that first one's tech is Starfleet, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, prime tech is Star Wars. Yeah. And meanwhile, here we also just have a group of people that are all just like warlocks as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> not not the Star Wars version of, well, no, they called Vader a sorcerer, not a warlock, right? But close enough. <laughs> I mean there's enough there's probably force warlocks out there yeah probably there's probably like some weird esoteric uh force sensitive order that doesn't call themselves jedi or sith but call themselves warlocks instead well there are certainly witches so yeah there you go it's just that's just the wizard class just renamed just to be more inclusive well they're like totally different from jedi or sith they use the force in a whole different way so so there you go but it's evil, is the thing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Cause yeah. I guess the Sith aren't evil enough. Yeah. I mean, they're evil, but in a different way. Ah, I see. <laughs> it's very much like how Hydra was too evil for the Nazis, so they got kicked out of being Nazis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, because, uh, I mean, Sith, they just want blood and death and horrible rampages. That's their whole deal, is pure emotion and rage. But the witches, uh, they prefer to do blood sacrifice to make the force do what they want. <laughs> you, know, you know, you gotta, you gotta give your, uh, you gotta give a little to the thing that you keep getting from. The force, exactly. give, the force giveth, and the force need to take it away occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're also like a really poor pastiche of the patriarchy because the, the they're they're. A, female-led society who keeps the men as slaves for sacrifice, but that's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't sound that bad. (laughs) Compared to most of Star Wars, where it's like barely any, like, female characters get much to do most of the time. (laughs) 
That's uh, if you're familiar with Asajj Ventress, that's where she comes from. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember her from the original, like, uh, really stylistic uh, Clone Wars TV show. Yeah, the one Except that was like, she in, like that months. wasn't good enough and went off to be a Sith, also, <laughs> and then failed at both of them. <laughs> Is she out there still, or does she like actually canonically die at some point before the um, original trilogy? <laughs> I honestly have no idea. As of the end of Clone Wars, she's still out there and doing her thing, but. I mean, much like how they like were like, oh yeah, no, somehow uh, fucking uh, Darth Maul didn't die after he got bisected. <laughs> He's yeah. still out there with robot legs. Because like she stops being, um, what do you call it? She stops being a Sith, mm-hmm. and she goes to be a bounty hunter instead because it's chill. <laughs> but uh, okay, blah 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 blah. Apparently, uh, extended universe stuff. She falls in love with a Jedi, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, he turns to the dark side, blah, 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 blah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she tries to save him, and she sacrifices herself to protect her Jedi lover. Great. Yay, like I said, female characters in Star Wars usually don't get anything to do. <laughs> yeah. They're either damsels in distress, or they're bad guys that get killed for no reason. Yeah. Or or their Ray who just ends up being a secret Palpatine. But her sacrifice allowed her lover to reject the dark side and come back to the <laughs> 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 uh, You ever stop and wonder what it would have been like if uh fucking JJ Abrams didn't take back over Star Wars after Ryan Johnson? Ray would have yeah. maybe actually had like a good character arc overall if she was just a nobody and not the granddaughter of Palpatine. Pal- yeah. Palpatine should never say the word grandchild. <laughs> like, no, please, you don't have to do that shit. <laughs> this is the image of Assange that they use for the cover of her uh, Wikipedia article, so I guess she's got that bisexual hair also. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for her. Also, I mean, like, technically wouldn't... Ray V. Palpatine's daughter, in a sense, and not granddaughter, if her dad was a clone of him. <laughs> like, uh, I, I guess technically I yes and no, right? Because, <laughs> like, if it's a clone, that's not, like, your son. I, I, I guess, like, I mean, I guess uh, Jango Fett treated his clone as his kid. Yeah, I think the thing with Palpatine's clones was that he was, like, screwing with their DNA to try and make them better or more perfect or whatever. So it's not like exactly him you know yeah I, I don't know if you would call it your son exactly but it's it's definitely not him <laughs> yeah i mean it's just like some slubby guy from what i remember of rising skywalker before that guy gets got <laughs> yeah it was just kind of some dude <laughs> yeah that definitely didn't look like a younger palpatine <laughs> no no for sure they should have just had him play his like younger self there he's like clone there it's like gets get the same guy like ian mcdermott or whatever whoever it was and just play him again <laughs> <laughs> just like give him like some like a uh, hair dye or something so this way he looks like younger like episodes one to three palpatine <laughs> i don't know uh, I, I think we might see. i think we might be done here but also part of it is because i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> oh jeez, this guy uh, looks like a supernatural i'm done here okay um, <laughs> all right uh so that was star wars talk uh if you'd like to send us questions you can find us at us weirdos cast on twitter and at least we didn't spend a half hour talking about twitter at the end instead <laughs> yeah i guess uh we're also at us weirdos on co-host um 
chill with us. Come on. It's a good time. We haven't posted a single thing, but I learned how to make my te texts rainbow, so all our co-hosts are going to be super gay. I don't have shared access yet, so that's why. <laughs> ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am currently at patch underscore jacket on Twitter. Uh, still around for the moment. Who knows? Two weeks from now. And yeah. uh, at nobody on co-host. Yep. I'm still on Twitter at the moment, still at Chloe Phil Chaos, and just at Chloe Phil on co-host. I don't know if it's at co-host, or at whatever on... I d we still don't know co-host terminology, like chost and stuff, so like we don't know what no, those are. Is it that still? Listen, okay. you don't know co-host. I've been there for weeks now. <laughs> I, I have the co-host, I just don't really boot it up much. Yeah, I'm saying. I've been absorbing the culture. I understand it. It's part of I, me. I, I, know, I know the bug friend. People like the bug. <laughs> Eggbug, yes. Yeah, Eggbug. <laughs> Everyone loves Eggbug, the internet's best friend. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody put an Eggbug sticker near the Twitter headquarters. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Eggbug just wants to help out since they don't have any engineers. That's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> um, True. But yeah, uh, so this has been Star Wars Talk. Uh, we'll see you next week for more Star Wars Talk. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, there's not much left to say, but uh, remember, us weirdos have to stick, stick together. together. Bye. Bye.